Ah, cool, baby. It's your old buddy, your number one guy, your killer app, Scaramouche. Have I got some news for you? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ugh, this better be important. I was having a beautiful dream where I finally killed that accursed samurai. Oh, it is a master of evil. I just heard of this podcast called Fan Holes, where they talk about science fiction, pop culture, and comic books. It's the bee's knees, baby. Ugh, that sounds kind of fun. I guess we can give it a chance. You are gonna love it, Akko. Their theme song goes do-do-do-do, scooby-doo, boo-boo-doo. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. With your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, a Bashir episode. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no eyes! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? <laughs> how does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined by three of my fellow Fan Hole Paladins. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Mike. Dynatherm's connected. This is Justin, the sexy space wizard. And this is Tony. I'm not the same guy who used to form the head a long time ago, but I have a robot arm, so fuck off. Yeah. So if you haven't figured it out, tonight we're going to be talking about the original Netflix animated series Voltron Legendary Defender. And this is basically a animated television series that's produced by DreamWorks Animation and World Event Productions. And this is basically a revival of the Voltron property, which, you know, on a very basic level, you know, you've got the five different lions and they form the super robot Voltron, who is the defender of the universe. And this is kind of a reinterpretation, a reboot, a, a soft reboot, a whatever the hell you want to call it, another interpretation of this, this beloved property. And it seems like it's actually tracking really well with folks. I mean, I, from what I've been reading, it got like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes as far as that goes. And, wow. and that, or at least at some point, it, 
had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it seems like it's got a lot of positive word of mouth that people really enjoy it. And it seems like all of my fellow fan holes were chomping at the bit to discuss it. So what we're going to do is in this first half of the show, we're going to be discussing you know, Voltron Legendary Defender. It actually, you know, since it is a Netflix show, it's it's one of those, I guess, you know, depending on your point of view, it's one of those either great things about Netflix or, or one of those things where, you know, people binge through, you know, 13 whole episodes of a season and then you're left, you know, you're left wanting basically if you if you really get passionate and get involved in 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 the watching of the series and everything speaking for myself i think i had heard all the positive feedback and i i tried to watch the pilot when it came out the first season and it's it's actually uh you know on its second season now and i guess Kind of like the original Voltron, like, you know, it took a while before they actually got to forming Voltron. So I I kind of, I, you know, I'll just admit, like, I, I didn't, this, if I had voted on Rotten Tomatoes, I would mess up the the 100% ratio thing or whatever. Like, I, I didn't quite, you know, get on the bandwagon until you guys had me watch this for this podcast basically but i i think once it did get to the voltron portions and once i did key in on i guess what i refer to it as the the uh what do they call it in like x-files and supernatural like the kind of main main episodes you know the the the, the... The the crux of the series, yeah, or the, the uh, like the the arc episodes, yeah, yeah, like... like like that that kind of thing. Like I feel like those episodes of this animated series, I really sort of enjoyed. You know, the the mythology episodes, or you know, how, however they refer to it as. Like I I, I tend when to... they get to the meat of the episodes, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to think of the stuff that, that focuses around the lions, that focuses on maybe Keith and Shiro and and those characters. I think you know when there are you know, these kind of epic battles between, you know, Voltron and either, you know, a space cruiser or a row beast or that kind of thing. I think, I think those episodes are the ones that, that kind of got my blood pumping and, and made me appreciate the series for what it is. And, you know, maybe some of the other episodes, I mean, I, I don't want to call them filler, but there, there are other episodes where, you know, sometimes there's, there, you know, there's, there's time for a break because it's a series, you know, you, you don't have to have a, you know, a two hour Michael Bay kind of, you know, action fest. It's like, you can, you can take time to, you know, have episodes where they go to the space mall or they go, you know, to visit other cultures or planets and you can see, you know, the universe that they're defending in, in sort of more detail than, you know, just have it be this kind of nondescript, you know, Picard and Data looking at a view screen talking about millions of lives, but you don't get to experience any of the humanity behind who these heroes are protecting, you know, so, so, so they do have a chance to sort of revel in that as well. But I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious about you guys, like what, what was your, I mean, were you guys watching this, you know, sort of as they dropped on Netflix? Cause for me, I'm just admitting like, this is, this is something I, I just recently completed watching the first two seasons of for the most part. I mean, I, I tried to watch the pilot episode, which I guess strung together essentially, you know, for, for, for lack of a better term, it was kind of like watching three episodes at once because it's a, 
a 60 minute pilot but or premiere episode but it, you know if it was matched with the the running times of the other episodes which are like 20 or so minutes you know it, it basically comes down to you know about three episodes worth in the pilot so so it's kind of like even though legendary defender has 11 episodes in the first season and 13 episodes in the second season as far as running time goes they're they're essentially the 13 episodes a season you know yeah I, I guess i would say like the biggest uh thing for me i, I watched it when it when the first season uh came out i i I wasn't late to the party i say i was like a week behind because everybody kept talking about how good it was and i'm like okay 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 I'll, I'll, I'll check it out and i really did like enjoy like it right from the bat off the bat and i, I think probably the biggest thing for me is and a lot of people have said this um it is one of those cases of nostalgia where there are certain things you can watch now that aren't nearly as good as your nostalgia for something like, like the Bay movies. A lot of people like them. Obviously they make millions of dollars, but there's some old curmudgeons like me who are just like, I don't know if the G one cartoon was better, but I liked it more than this damn movie. However, with Voltron, I have to say the original cartoon that was based of course off, you know, a Japanese anime, it was just, you know, redubbed over here and they changed some plot points and, you know, uh, took out some of the violence I mean, I hate to say this for anybody who's like an old school Voltron fan. The old show has not aged that well. And, you know, it, it was it's perfectly fine kid fodder. I mean, it's it's not a terrible show. But like, you know, when you watch it, you know, the nostalgia is kind of like, huh? Yeah, this is uh, not as good as I remember. You know, I mean, there's still cool fights and everything. But with this new show, kids can totally watch it. It's totally kid friendly. It has There's no problem with that. But as an adult, I was totally enjoying it. I was like, the, the characters are solid. The voice acting is great. The animation's really good. Um, I, I like the characters. It's just like uh, a crew that I can get on board with. And the supporting characters are great. I know uh, both Mike and Justin both have Karan as their uh, avatar. He's hilarious. And when he's introduced, you're like, at first you're like, this isn't the Karan I remember. Because he was always like kind of a uh, stick in the mud, very... Uh, you know, uh, low key monotone guy in the original series. And this one, he's like just out there with like, you know, this fucking Australian accent and stuff. And he's just fucking hilarious. You've got to sell it a little bit more. <clears throat> oh no! Allura is dead! Oh, it's horrible! Her head fell off! Wait, what? Her severed head is trying to speak to me! What is it, Allura's head? What are your final words? It's 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 interesting because because you you sort of I mean in some ways Koran is such a departure from the original character you know like it, it's almost like you you have that moment where you're like was this guy ever in the original series and it's like yeah <laughs> he he was but it's like he was voiced by Peter Cullen and he was like Optimus Prime. The message says your mother's sister Queen Ola is due to arrive shortly, and all these years we thought she was dead. I warn you not to raise your hopes. Be cautious. The message could be a trick. And, and I think the way they they make the Altaians in this, I mean, I guess in the original series, it's kind of like, well, they're they're just another sort of, you know, human being. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 they're they're not so different. But in this, it's like the Altaians kind of have the 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 Vulcan kind of ears and everything, and they they just make them slightly, you know 
less than than uh earthling you know so it's like or or slightly different from an earthling so you you have this kind of you know different vision of of who the character is and then like you said the the way the 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 direction they went with his his voice acting and he's he's kind of got like i mean you know it's interesting because it's done by an american animation studio but it's very much taking the kind of modern tropes of you know or at least sort of being influenced by anime of the day i mean the way they do all the cuts between the the lion pilots like reminds me a lot of kind of those frenetic slash cuts on the screen that they have between characters in bleach and like even just looking at like you know mike and justin's avatars i mean the way koran is portrayed it's it's kind of reminds me of how characters in full metal alchemist will be deathly serious at one point but then at another point you know they'll be you know crying streams of tears and and making these kind of grandiose you know twirls and and statements and everything like that and and that's something that definitely is applicable to a character like Koran in this series and i i'd echo what you're saying about you know the the voice acting is great and i i'd also throw in that I I really like the soundtrack in this. Like I think the soundtrack is is really cool. Like it kind of reminded me, like tracks kind of reminded me a little bit of like a. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean maybe I'm exaggerating, but it reminded me of kind of like a a cartoon version of Vangelis or something. You know, like like a, a little Blade Runnery, and it's it's exciting when it needs to be exciting, and when it's kind of low key, it's kind of got that hypnotic sort of hum to it when it's you know a scene that doesn't require so much action and stuff so like i i really enjoyed all that kind of stuff and it's probably fun to talk about like you know who who's voice acting who because i know you know we've got the pilot of the black lion you know shiro and that's of course a take on i guess if you were familiar with the original voltron or go lion you know it's sort of a nod to both those you know what they did was in in voltron it was the character was sven who you know eventually i guess in the american version it's toned down that he's just in a coma and hurt and everything but in the in the go lion anime the character's name was shiro and not sven or you know toshiro you know but you know he he basically does get killed you know in the original go lion anime so it's kind of like a a nod and almost sort of like a a rectification almost in a weird way you know it's kind of like i i guess in that sense you know it's like to me it seems like it, it sort of appeases that that fan base you know that's kind of like oh yeah you can't you know it's like it's like what's up with doing like you know i guess if you made like a live action gundam movie and and there was nobody japanese in it you know like that kind of thing you know and it's like it's like there there is that kind of sense of rectification and he you know speaking of voice acting he's voiced by josh keaton who i guess we probably know best as spider-man so and i think he does a good job voicing shiro my head's still pretty scrambled. I was on an alien ship. Somehow I escaped. It's all a blur. It's definitely a different voice, too. He's he's very much more of a serious, tortured guy. I like Shiro, too. He's he's like, between Koran and Shiro, it's kind of like a, like a toss-up. I, I like Shiro because he's also, he's our entry point, kind of. 
because he's he's a character who's like the first guy and he gets taken by the uh, evil aliens you know he uh, gets uh, rescued later on and he's been he's been really fucked with by them you know King's Archon and them have like kind of did a number on him they replaced his arm with a cybernetic implant and even early on it's kind of revealed like you know is is this arm evil is it like an evil arm you know it's like and it's not I mean he's able to to focus his abilities to use it but there's that like you know like oh like you know wait a minute they gave you a robot arm are you really on our side you know it's like there's that nice little tension they have for a couple episodes and he's a cool character he, he, he is he is guilt-ridden a little bit and he's he's got like you know this this hatred for you know Zarkon and them because of what they did to him but it's never overbearing it's never like whiny he's never like you know like my life sucks he, he's He's a strong character. He wants, you know, revenge, and he fights, so... I, I feel like they gave him, a, like, a real kind of Winter Soldier makeover, the character, you know? Because he's, he's got the cybernetic arm. The cybernetic arm is super badass. I mean, it's like, you know, he, he does a couple chops and slices, and, and these, you know, soldiers of Zarkon, who remind me a lot of, like, the the horde troopers from Shira or, or whatnot, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, these kind of, you know, mechanical cannon fodder, basically. But yeah, he, he just slices through them like they're butter. And then kind of like what you're saying, that, that he does have that aspect of, of a tortured character, you know, like the, the, the kind of notion that, like, has he been programmed, you know, because he's been in captivity, like, you, you kind of have that that notion in the back of your head like you know is the arm evil did he get some kind of conditioning done so that because he doesn't remember everything when he first shows up yeah. and meets you know meets the other members you know the other what they call the paladins the the you know kids or soldiers that are, are basically taking over as the pilots of of the various lions so there there is that notion where you're like does he not remember because he was conditioned not to remember or it, it does he have legitimate amnesia you know like like there is that kind of notion in the back of your mind and you know they they definitely explore that as the series continues oh as for me i mean i'm i'm I have like zero like nostalgic love for Voltron. Like I, I mean, I I've seen it before. Like it, it used to be repeated. Like when I was a kid, but I mean, and I, I saw like you know the god awful Voltron in the third dimension cartoon or whatever. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey! I, I kind of no slander about that series. <laughs> I, I I watched I watched the third dimension. Like I'll I'll get Justin's back because I'll. I'll at least defend that. I I will not defend the uh, Rapidu, whatever that was from 2011. <laughs> Rapidu sucks ass. Ultron Force, ooh, yeah, it's, it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, that 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 is uh, probably should be better left forgotten. But man, that that was horrible. But third third dimension, like there there were things I, I I guess I have sort of some nostalgia for that as well as the original series. But I I do agree with Tony that Voltron in general. I mean, the, you know, the original cartoon, you know, that was. 
basically sort of Americanized, you know, by uh, world entertainment or whatever like that does not quite I, I, I have that sort of notion of like it's like when you when you go back to watching like episodes of Filmation's He-Man and you can either yuck it up or you just can't handle it, you know? And I, I think with Voltron, I don't think there's too much to yuck it up about. Like, you, you either have to be into it, or it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, Jesus, it's been like fucking five episodes, are they going to form Voltron, or what? <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and that kind of thing. So I, I, I can appreciate not, you know, even just flat out not having any nostalgia for it or what tony's saying that you know maybe you know you may have had nostalgia for it but it's it's not something you you're likely to revisit because it kind of may you know shatter any kind of sort of childhood you know illusions you had about the property i don't know like i'll take your word for it but the only thing i remember from the third dimension is like lothor being a big ham because it was like tim <laughs> curry so he was like i remember he used to be like haga why don't you do that voodoo that you do so well <laughs> like all shit like that but I don't. I I obviously haven't seen it in like 15 years, so maybe maybe my my perception of the time was like colored by stuff. But. Well, you know, you know, Netflix is like because of the popularity of this. It looks like they're trying to put like select episodes of the. They're calling it like the 84 Voltron on Netflix, but who knows? Maybe they'll they'll start sticking the you know third dimension, third dimension. on Netflix yeah. or something. Too. No, but like I I started watching this because I heard all the positive buzz about it. And, like, I heard some of the creative team were people who worked on, like, Avatar, The Last Airbender. And, I mean, I've never I've never seen that, but I know it's, like, you know, universally, like, loved and lauded and all that. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar enough with Voltron. Like, I'll watch this. And, yeah, like, I watched the pilot and I was like, yeah, I'll keep watching this. This is pretty awesome. And, you know, I eagerly, like, consumed the whole season and then I eagerly waited for season two and watched all that. And I really like it. I think... It's one of the better, like, revivals of a, like, old 80s property that I've ever seen. And I think it doesn't, like, I know everyone loves that Thundercats, like, revival, but I, I always felt it was kind of like, like, it, it, it was like a nice layer of frosting, but under the frosting was, like, not, like, like, not, not like, I don't know, a, a cake that I didn't exactly like, basically. But this, though, is the frosting and, like, good cake that I like. So, like, yeah. Let's let's leave it with that analogy. But yeah, but I, I love like yeah the the whole cast I love like Koran I think is hilarious. Like he's voiced by Reese Darby, who is like you know a, a New Zealand comedian, and like he, he like whenever he shows up on At Midnight, he like cracks me up. So like hearing his voice from that character always is like an instant like smile for me. So yeah like i i have generally like positive feelings all the way around about the series i didn't know he was from new zealand uh kiwis don't get mad at me because i know you hate to be called australians okay he's a kiwi i'm sorry don't get mad at me because <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna fix it right <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's interesting that mike brought up thundercats because i i i you can't help but think of that and i think of of some other, you know, 80s revivals. But I think what's kind of cool is I'm not, I mean, I, I don't think I'm quite sold that this is like the greatest thing ever, but I see the the appreciation for it and the love for it. And I, I can also see where I, I see moments of greatness in it. 
you know, but I, I I'm not I'm not going to sit back and say I think the property or the 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 season as a whole is perfect, you know, because I, I I think there's some points where I feel like the show I would watch it and then it would become kind of like background noise sometimes, and and I guess what I was getting at was the the mythology episodes like when things focused on you know Keith and you know his his knife and what it meant and those things you know or or Shiro trying to forge a relationship with the Black Lion or. Whatever. Whatever. Or even even some of the stuff with with Pidge looking for her family or whatever, you know. Like I'm kind of like some of those things I, I kind of tied into. But it's like you know some some other stuff, you know, where it's just like oh, Hunk's gonna save the alien girl. It's like okay, well, can we you know can we get on with it and, and get back to you know like the the sort of I guess you know the the meat of the story. But having said all that, I mean I think it's great that. There are opportunities now with a medium like Netflix. Like, I, I kind of felt like Thundercats wouldn't have gotten canceled if it was on an outlet like this. Like, if, if that Thundercats revival was released the way this was. I mean, it's almost like that kind of notion of, like, their, you know, Young Justice did so well on Netflix. You know, it, 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 it was. Yeah. It, it's almost like that whole thing of. You know, people bitching and moaning about comics being written for the trade, but the people that read the trades, you know, make them bestsellers on, you know, whatever book list there is and stuff like that. And it's just a matter of sort of if it's like that's why they're going to do a what, a season three of Young Justice, like, years after it finished? I mean, I, I don't know how great that's going to go over, but, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, wow, it's cool that there's this outlet where, you know, potentially there are things that where, whereas, you know, with Cartoon Network or, or whatever other outlets, it's like, oh, where are the Voltron toys? we got to sell toys and underwear and, you know, crayons and cupcakes and shit, you know? And it's like, I don't think that's what this kind of series is about anyway. I mean, it's skewed, I think, you know, obviously it's trying to cash in on that nostalgia, so it's sort of skewed to a more adult audience just in that sense. I mean, yeah, it was popular enough that, like, they have toys, but the toys came out, like, God, how many months after the show had already dropped on Netflix? I mean, they only come out, like, maybe three or four months ago. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's not just about those kind of, you know, deals where... You know, I think other other series, it's like that's part of the package. You know, whereas this, yeah. this it, I I think the other thing too is like, for, just speaking of my experience with the show, it's like if it was on Cartoon Network and I had tried to watch the pilot and lost interest in it, and then you guys said, "Hey, let's check it out." I mean, there's not as much of an opportunity. You know, I mean, yeah, you could try and TiVo it or you could download it illegally or whatever. But it's like with something like Netflix, it's it's easier, you know, like when you guys said, hey, do you do you want to talk about this? And it's like, even though my initial gut reaction was, well, I tried to watch the pilot and I didn't make it through the whole way, you know, even though everybody was praising it. But it was really easy for me to go back and complete watching it. And when they finally got to Voltron and you saw kind of like the awesome super robot power of Voltron, I did think that was really fucking cool. You know, the way he slices through the whole fucking ship and it explodes behind him. And it's like it, it had those kind of tropes of, of the Japanese super robot genre or even like Super Sentai or something. But without sort of the, the stocky nature of it, it's like it was kind of like a fresh take on old tropes, 
You know, and I think that's probably what people are responding to the most. I mean, you know, it's like there there are those those kind of you know you had the the loner character, the guy who doesn't talk too much, and that's interesting because that's you know that's Glenn from The Walking Dead, which I thought was kind of funny. You know, Keith, right? Like, you know, so I was like, I when when I was discovering like who was voice acting all these these characters, and then I I don't know if you guys noticed this, but you know of course that I guess Pidge is the anti Caitlyn Jenner or whatever in this series, but you know instead of Pidge being kind of like this you know male kind of character you know they decided it was a you know a, a girl who snuck into the academy as a boy because her whole deal was she was trying to find her family who were also captured with shiro at the opening of this season the first season and so she she disguises herself as a as a, a you know a male cadet so she can have you know more access to to find out what happened to you know, her missing family members who, you know, were abducted with Shira. Well, I love the way he added her, too, because that was just, like, hilarious, because throughout the whole series, I did not know. I did not. When they, like, did the big reveal, and like, I was like, oh, wow, okay, well, there you go. It, it was a girl all the time. Lance was the only one who actually didn't know, because when she's like, you know, like, I, you know, I'm sorry I've kept this secret for you, but I'm actually, like, you know, a, a girl. Well, she doesn't say that, paraphrasing. But, like, everybody on the team is like, yeah, we kind of figured. And Lance is like, what? <laughs> he's all freaked out Lance. and everything. Yeah, Lance. I love Lance. Lance is cool. Um, he, he's voiced <laughs> by Jeremy Shadup, like, a.k.a. Finn from Adventure Time. And, like, sometimes he comes off in this as a jerk, but, like, he, he's all, he always cracks me up in this. Like, I love Lance. Well, I guess just getting back to Pidge just for one second. I don't know if you guys know or not, but that's the same actress who was on the the Scream TV series that we watched that was Audrey and the one that, that is on Arrow that played Sarah's friend, like Sin or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. so I just, yeah, I just, I just wanted to throw that out there, the visual in case people didn't make the connection. And then, you know, what's interesting is I know, I know you mentioned the voice actor for Lance and, you know, I, I, I did look up some of his credits and everything. And obviously like Finn from Adventure Time is his, you know, probably one of the more, bigger you know famous credits or whatever but you know what was funny is like did anybody else get a vibe like like sometimes like lance would like break into cadences and i felt like even though it's not these voice actors who were voicing him he did have moments where he kind of had that whole like you know dean and hank venture thing going on you know where it's like well princess allura like i totally want to kiss you now you know and like i i kind of i kind of felt I like can I, I, can, I can yeah i can picture that i mean i mean yeah. i'm not saying he sounds like that the whole time but he, you know it, it's kind of like that notion we were talking about before where characters do have tropes like in full metal alchemist where lance can be serious he is a sharpshooter you know he 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 is the first to sort of pilot a lion and everything and you know there, he has moments of obviously awesomeness and everything but then again you know he, he does he does have those occasional you know anime flop beats you know that that are you know essential to his character as well yeah it's always, it's always his ego yeah he always like thinks too highly of himself yeah <laughs> and and anytime they're like at a planet or whatever he's always hitting on like the space women right, so, right. like i love that He's like, hey, ladies, and wink, wink. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> and, and they're always like, tee, hee, hee, hee. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's like it's like the episode where they uh, they they meet the uh, the the space crashed uh, Daryl Dixon and the other 
hottie space alien chick who they, you know, she she sort of convinces him to go take her on a ride in the Blue Lion, and then they end up, you know, capturing the Blue Lion and everything. Totally bamboozles him, yeah. I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys. I, I don't know if Mike would have any real words for it because of, uh, you know, him not having a lot of nostalgia for the old show. But obviously, one of the other big things besides Pidge being a, a girl is, uh, and uh, and you know, Lance and Coran having kind of different characters is the fact that Shiro is like the leader of the uh, Voltron Force f- for right now. <laughs> things have happened. Originally, it was Keith. Keith was the leader. He was, you know, leader of the Black Line. He, he still wore, you know, right, red, I think. Didn't he? No, he yeah, didn't wear red. Yeah, yeah. In the original <laughs> show, he wore red. I mean, it was very, it was very Sentai color coordinated. I mean, I mean that that's something that I think is interesting too, because I I wondered like because they did have the reveal that you know Pidge is a female. Like, does that now basically get them off the hook for ever having Princess Allura pilot a lion? Like, are they just going to leave her as this kind of, you know, portal-hopping, important dignitary queen character who's, who's, you know, a leader of this rebellion, you know, against Zarkon? Yeah. Or or is it, or at some point, will she pilot a lion? Yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, I don't know if that's why they did it back then, but I mean... Obviously, they lost a member. Like you said, Sven dies. Well, coma. So, yeah, Allura does become like a pilot of one of the lions. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they're going to take that uh, aspect for her in the future. That would be interesting. Uh, do you have any problems with uh, Shiro being a leader and Keith not? I, I don't because I, I think uh, Keith is a strong character. I could see him assuming a leadership role in maybe a future season. And he, he definitely has those qualities. But he's also he, – Keith is also is kind of interesting because in the original show, he was kind of a hothead too, but he was the leader. In this one, he's very much a hothead. He 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 has got a chip on his shoulder a, a mile wide, and he he wants to do things his way. Unlike Lance, who's got like an ego, and he wants to show off. Keith just he, he just wants to do things his way, and and that's one of the arcs is him becoming more of a, a team member. Like I, I thought that worked really well. One of the things I like about this show is I. I feel like they never like overtly hit you over the head with something and I think that's one of those points because like twice in season two they you know Keith and Shiro have this little talk about you know if, if something happens to me I want you to take over and it's just like a one like you know it's like one little scene and it's maybe like a minute long or something and that's it it's never really brought up again and I really like that and I like when they brought that back with Keith and the princess like after they find out that he has like Galra blood or he's half Galra or whatever. And it's like, she has like, she get kind of like, because she hates the Galra, she kind of gives him the cold shoulder and like refuses to like acknowledge him, let alone talk to him. And I feel like most shows would like hit you over the head with that just for like the sake of drama. But in this show, it's very subtle. It's like, they never have an argument and they're never like, you know, throwing things at each other or yelling. It's just like, you can tell that like she turns her back on him and she's like doesn't say anything and he doesn't say anything either but you can tell like he's very hurt by this and but like that's one of the things i like about this show like it you know it's definitely not in the vein of like ultimate spider-man you know it's like if keith learns a lesson he doesn't immediately forget the lesson in the next episode like it and another thing i like is like i like the humor aspect like it it kind of has that teen titans kind of quirkiness to it but like i never i never feel like this show like gets up its own butt 
in relation to like gags and stuff like yeah there's some funny episodes and stuff like the space mall like i love that episode but like <laughs> it's never like oh we're just like we're gonna do like wacky zany jokes like one after another whoop doop doo but it, it's always like kind of like you know gags and uh, smaller like stuff like i like i like the prison break episode where like lance like gets the wrong prisoner and it's basically he like has a dog who says yep and like i love that character <laughs> i was like for a minute there i was like wait is this the scientist like for a minute there i couldn't tell i was like is the crazy guy the scientist or like this dog guy the scientist <laughs> i was like maybe he's like a you know idiot salmon or something that's why he's like saying yep and then basically they they reveal it like that's the dog and I'm like oh, I was like oh man that's great like, like how I the other guy bad. is like I see how you got confused yeah <laughs> I I kind of felt bad I was like oh like he's he's not gonna join them like the cow in that baseball episode because yeah. like they have a cow now and I was like oh the dog guy I was like Are you cool? <laughs> yep you know you you were mentioning like Venture Brothers earlier, like that mall episode, like reminds me of Venture Brothers just because I think of like, shit, mall cops. Like, <laughs> like the, I think someone in the thread called it like the alien Paul Blart or something. Yeah, 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 episode. Yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was funny how they, 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 they robbed the, wishing fountain of all the money so they could buy the game <laughs> yeah. system and then they they even though they're geniuses or whatever like pidge is supposed to be this you know mathematical whiz and, and tech whiz and everything they, they're, they're so obsessed with the the system but they forget once they get back to the castle that they have no like tv or electronic outlets or anything to plug it in you know like it's like it totally like just didn't dawn on them until they got it back and then they're like no so i thought that was <laughs> funny speaking of that too like I, I think that's another sort of twist in the original series that i think helps out that the castle is like this interdimensional you know stargate hopping like spaceship basically like it doesn't sort of lock them down you know it's like it's basically like what if deep space nine like you know went through stargates and like did cool shit you know or whatever you know like that that kind of notion well the, the original castle lies did turn into a spaceship in the original voltron but it was like late into the series and it didn't really do anything as far as like you know cool it was like just like you know the last line of defense we're going to use the spaceship and it was like one of the last few episodes well, yeah i mean yeah. i mean i guess you know in terms of like you know voltron having stock footage you know what i mean like we're yeah, exactly. the same thing over and over again whereas this is you know in in terms of like what justin's saying that there are lessons to be learned and things that carry through from episode to episode and and it's it's more of a novella than an episodic series you know it it's nice because oh, yeah. you've got you've got this kind of i mean there was that one episode that reminded me of the second episode of the reboot Battlestar Galactica I think it was like 33.3 and it's basically you know Adama and all the guys you know they, they keep having to jump and jump and jump and jump because the Cylons are just on their ass the whole time and it yeah, reminded yeah. me of how like Zarkon was keying in on the Black Lion because he had that connection to it and then you know it was the same idea you know that the castle you know which is the spaceship it's like they kept having to 
to Stargate again and again and again, and then they go into the Eye of the Storm, and he still finds them, and, you know, that's when they start putting two and two together and going, Jesus, like, this isn't because, you know, because of anything electronic or because of any radio signals. Like, this is something yeah, different, yeah. you know? And so I, I, I really did kind of like those those type of episodes where you're like, hey, this is... You, you sort of felt the the kind of weariness of, of that. But but they also yeah, made it kind of... Yeah. But they also kind of made it invigorating and exciting, too. It wasn't like weary where you were, like, bored, you know, like, like that it was the same thing happening over and over again. It was more like, Jesus Christ, like, they've got to do this again and again. And each time it's like they can only jump, like... Le, you know, less and less and less because it's having the you know the yeah, wear, the power's going. You, you know, know it, yeah. it's got the wear on Allura, and 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 those those crystals are getting broken up, and you know all that kind of stuff. So like, I, I those are the kind of episodes I think I I really took to in the, in the series, and and the, the fact that you know as we've talked about on various shows in the past, like I dig space and I dig the whole. I mean, I I, I think that kind of notion of that that it's it's a very much an interstellar type thing, and they're they're basically always out there in the cosmos. I mean, it, it, to me, it just looks cool. Like they 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 they're always, you know, whether they're the the pilots or in the lines or whatever. You know, it, it was kind of neat that they can, you know, have all these kind of you know space adventures. Well, that that is one thing that is very different from the original show. Like I said, the, the castle did change at one point, but it was like near the end, and it stayed on the same planet. Uh, it used to be called Eris, now it's Alt- Altea. Like this, like the original show was called Voltron, but the the like subtitle was Defender of the Universe, and he didn't really do a whole lot of universe. He was pretty much always on the planet. And this, like you said, they're in space. They're out, like you know, well, you know, not to you know crop a line, but you know they're you know finding new worlds and new civilizations, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So that's yeah, that's very cool. I like that. He is actually a defender of the universe. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing I like too is I think I think in terms of like power sets and stuff. I mean, they they show you how powerful Voltron can be in the beginning of the show, and then as they slowly introduce you to more obstacles to it, you you, you know you you have a good frame of reference and context to why. You know, basically, like, it, it's it's fine. He can totally annihilate one of those big Galra ships, you know, all on his own. But it's like, it's different when there's a whole fleet of them chasing them over and over again. And on top of that, the fact that they sort of drop the bombshell on you that, you know, Zarkon was a former paladin and controlled the Black Lion. So there's this very... I, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Did, did you like that? It was that like, I thought that was kind of fucking cool. <laughs> I, I, I think it kind of ties into tropes that, you know, we've seen, but, but it, the way it's incorporated, I mean, it's very much got that whole, you know, Vader, Luke, dark side, light side type thing where, you know, they, they have that you know, basically spiritual connection to the lion, you know, so it's like, it's an interesting wrench to throw into the mix, because it's not, you know, I I think in the original show, you know, it did follow the tropes of the super robot genre for anime, you know, for Japanese anime, where it's like, you form the, the robot, you know, with the five lions, and then they slice the sword, and then that's the end of the bad guy, and then everybody goes home. But this, it's like, you know, yeah, we know Voltron's powerful. We know Voltron's not powerful enough to take on a whole fleet of ships, but then you throw on a whole fleet of ships, and on top of that, you've got this wrench in the mix where 
we can't form Voltron because Zarkon's pulling the Black Lion away and splitting us up. Like that that even throws, you know, more kind of peril into the mix. And it's not it's not like a, a case where you feel like, you know, Voltron's getting manhole covered. It's not just like Voltron's like, oh, I'm Voltron, you know, or whatever, for no good reason. You know, it's like, it, it, they, they present a reasonable it's a know, logical obstacle weakness, yeah. and, and peril for, for, for a super robot that is that powerful. It's like, well, you know, we've got these people on the run, they're ragged, they're tired, and on top of that, you know, we've got this additional spiritual confrontation and it, it you know it turns into this cool thing where they have to you know zarkon and, and shiro they have to sort of almost fight on the astral plane in a way you know wrestling control for this you know the 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 sort of approval of the black lion you know and, and for I, lion's love yeah. <laughs> i i like that in concept like and i liked that like yeah that fight they had like on the astral plane but also i felt like for the second season like that's all zarkon did like i think i joked in the thread on bot talk where it's like zarkon spent this entire season trying to establish a wi-fi connection to the black lion basically so and like even like at the very last episode of the second season, he's still trying to connect to it. And like you know, Hagar's kind of like, "Oh, they're attacking us! Like, you want to do something? Like, yeah. you want to do something now? Like, boss? Like, I, yeah." I, I yeah. did kind of notice that, like, for you know, how I was kind of complimenting how there's not as much stock footage in this as there was in the original anime of like you know repetitive scenes or anything but like i did notice it's like that sequence where the three guys like always like sort of mystically power him up so he can track the lion like that sequence gets used a lot and then what kind of pissed me off is you know that one moment where he's like well hagar told us not to like you know power you up you know that much because it'll hurt you and then he basically like you know chains the guy and throws him off his little thing and everything and it's like i'm your master you know you're gonna do what i say and then it cuts back to the same sequence of all three guys powering him up and i'm like you just knocked that guy off the fucking thing like why <laughs> you couldn't have reanimated like something different where it's only two of the guys powering him up or something i don't know but, yeah. like, the, like the cutscene is like him like walking down and being like Okay, Steve. I had to do that, but I mean, are we cool? Can we can we do this? Can we work together? Can we work together? Can we do that? <laughs> Did is, speaking of Zarkon, like like I I'm like Zarkon. I thought came off pretty cool. I I kind of got a like movie Thanos vibe from him, even though we haven't seen so much of movie Thanos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But just that he was this like scary kind of guy, and and I don't know, maybe the fact that you know the gall runes are purple like maybe it reminded me of thanos you know like that that was something that i sort of got a vibe of i guess you know along with the whole you know darth vader-ish type thing or whatever and i guess i i, I don't know i i guess unfortunately for her this is just gonna be you know a negative but it's like Cree summer as hagar like i guess you know it's one of those things where it's like i think she's so overused like I, I, I yeah, know. you just you just know that voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, I like Zarkon a lot. I think he was. And again, this goes back to the original show. In the original show, Zarkon was very much an over the top, you know, stereotypical villain. You know, it was like you know, destroy Voltron, <laughs> you know, laughing all the time and all that. And this, he's much more serious. He's much more, you know, 
uh, a, uh, like a, a strategist, and he he's he's got this plan, and he actually comes off as like he's he rules the Galra as an emperor. He's not just like you know I'm the king because I got a crown. Yeah, look at me, you know. So it, it like he does come off as a, much more as a threat, and and again to uh give again nods to the production of this the, the voice he the, the voice actor is great he, he does a great job as zarkon I, I think they did a good job of incorporating zarkon into the voltron mythology i mean it not that he wasn't part of it in the original series but just that tie to the black lion you know i, I feel like that that just makes him in other words like i guess from from my point of view you know whereas i say like oh well you know hank uh, or hunk, you know, hanging out with like alien chicks, or you know, when they go to the underwater planet and like hang out with mermaids and stuff. It's not like, or, or or the space mall. It's not like anything's wrong with those episodes, but those are not to me part of the mythology, like the core part of the mythology. And and you know, they're they're world building. It's cool, like, but it's not it's not super essential to your understanding of the universe. Whereas I think. Zarkon having that alliance with Allura's grandfather back in the day, like that was, it's like a key part of history and like a reveal to you and everything. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Like they need to, it's like another layer of the story they need to tell, you know? And and, and I think that's kind of cool. The more you find out about like the, the main character, the main, the, the core cast, and like real struggles and stuff like Pidge, you know, trying to find her family, you know, Keith, you know, having the Galra, you know, half breed blood, you know, uh, you know, anything with uh, Shiro, you know, being like a captive of the Galra. Th- those are just really good episodes. And of course, there's the lions, which, you know, I, I love the ones where uh, Lance was forming that bond with the Red Lion, because at first the, the, the Red Lion, like, you know, totally fucks like Keith. Yeah, yeah. Keith, like, like uh, he totally, like, you know, they fuck with each other. <laughs> like, the Red Lion's like, yeah, uh, we might be friends. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but that's cool, though, because they, they do form a bond, and then they do end up working really well together. But, yeah, Lance does have the strongest, I think, bond with his Lion, though. That's what I, that's what I meant. I think Keith has a really strong bond, but, like, I don't know. Lance and, Lance and his Lion, they're both kind of show-offs. Have you kind of noticed that? Like, like the... The lions represent like their own personalities. Is like you know, Hunk is kind of like you know the bruiser, and the yellow lion is kind of a a tank as far as the lions go. And Pidge is a smart one, and like the green lion has like you know stealth abilities, and it's like you know more of a covert ops kind of lion. And that, that's kind of uh, do you like that the the lions actually kind of reflect the uh, the the crew's characters? Yeah, like. It, it it does seem like most of the lions have like a personality, so that. And uh, they're living things. So, yeah, I liked that. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> was there anything that, like, you really just were not a fan of? I, I think the only thing that I, I had trouble with was kind of like Derek. I don't know if I was really, like, I enjoyed the first super size premiere and the episodes after that. But, I mean, there were some points of, like, you know, the, the, the a lot of the crew are in, like, they're, they're, they're cadets for the uh, whatever it is, Earth Federation or whatever. And they, they weren't bad. They were the Galaxy Garrison. Galaxy Garrison, yeah, yeah. And they're not bad, but you know, at the same time, I, I was kind of like Derek. I was like, okay, they're they're tooling around in a hover car, and Pidge is trying to you know talk to people after hours and sneaking out and stuff. But 
I didn't want him to get to like, you know, get to the point. But it wasn't like, you know, anything that I hated, but like that'd probably be my only nitpick. Did you guys have anything, you know, that like was like, oh like that? <laughs> Not really, to be honest. I think when I first heard about this, like I had like kind of that thought in the back of my head, like, oh, they're doing Voltron again. Like the the other one, Voltron Force, like, you know, it had just ended and it was a you know, it was an awful show, as Derek can tell you. So, like, I did not have high hopes for this series going into it. I would see, like, little pieces of art released or whatever, and I was like, eh, Voltron looks okay, I guess. I don't know. And then I'd see the trailer, and I was just like, okay, that that looks okay, I guess. I'll wait and see. And then I remember, like, when the season one dropped, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. But I still, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll watch it. I've got time. I think then at first, like, you know, pilot episode i i suddenly felt like i was watching voltron force again for a little while i was like oh man like they've they screwed it up again but then like after a while i started to get into it and i was like this is actually pretty good and then after a a couple more episodes i was like wow this is this is actually really good like no one has a case of the hadurs like you know everyone seems to be like acting competently like the writing is really nice and focused like they're not they're not like shoving toys in my face every like few minutes. It's like there's even some episodes where Voltron doesn't even show up, and like I like I didn't even notice it at first. I was like, oh wait, you know, like I there wasn't any Voltron in an episode, was there? But it was still a good episode. And I was like, I think that's like a good a good sign where you can like even though the show was about Voltron and and everything, it's like oh Voltron's not in this episode, but like it's it's still a very entertaining episode. But like you know, I know like Derek has a few with the show or whatever like i i never felt like it was background music or like i never felt like every anything was filler like i was always focused on the show like it always had my attention and i think i think a lot of that goes like not only to like the writing of the show but like just the characters and the way they interact like i really enjoyed that nothing really like leaped out of me like i said like maybe in the second season like i think zarkon just kind of maybe had some of the the what people would say like criticisms of Thanos so far in like the Marvel cinematic universe where he's like, what is he just sitting on a chair? Like, what's he doing? Like, <laughs> I felt like as Archon was just like, you know, trying the like AOL connection over and over again. And it's like going, he's like, damn it. I can't get to my lion. I don't know. The only thing having just, watched it before we got on that that was going through my head is if if Zarkon can use Hagar to put himself in this robeast form that's as big as Voltron it does kind of make you go like well what what did what, what do you need Vol-? you know like what do you need Voltron you know like what does God need with the starship you know like that kind of thing but i i kind of let it go because it's supposed to be like this epic you know showdown type yeah episode. i was kind of like that thing was awesome like why did you need voltron in the first yeah, place you should yeah, bust yeah, it why, why, why don't like, you why don't you beef that up and and make it you know like a a, a regular thing or whatever but other than, yeah other than that i mean you know like i you know i've sort of voiced my own sort of you know um you know niggles with the 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 series or whatever but you know i mean i i like i said i i appreciate it for what it is and and it it's certainly you know a a billion times better than that other bullshit 
And I think I think Netflix is the place for it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I think I think it'll have much success there because I think I think if this was on Cartoon Network, I feel like it it would have got canned like Thundercats. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't think they would have given it the opportunity to have episodes without Voltron in it or or you know episodes where they they could breathe or. You know, it would have been another symbiotic titan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think it, it, it's a show that has a lot of commonalities with symbiotic titan, and that it's not so focused on you know selling toys, but it is kind of a, you know, a novella, you know, done in animated form, and and that you know people can enjoy that you know on a regular basis. But I, I definitely think Netflix is the the form to present that with rather than, you know, I, I don't think Netflix is going to just chuck this aside. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's done well for them. It's helped them out. It's gotten tons of good word of mouth and, and, you know, it has a lot of positive reviews, you know, online. So I, I you know, I mean, my hope is that, you know, they keep continuing with, with some of the original mythology that they're you know they're doing kind of a good job of slowly trickling it out because i i had questions about allura and of course the whole time i mean i know you were making fun of tim curry earlier but you know the whole time i'm thinking like when are they gonna get to lothor you know and and you know it's like <laughs> it's like sure enough like he's he's name dropped at the end of the second season so i'm like okay good like you know they they at least kind of know where they're going with it so i i think that's all good stuff for some reason, when you guys were talking about Zarkon and his his Mega Row Beast, I just had this idea in the back of my head. He's like sitting in the controls and everything, and like or whatever. He's like you know formed up. You know he's all row beasted up. And like you know Hagar's like ah you know Emperor Zarkon, I have made you this amazing row beast form, and it's so powerful. Are you not pleased? And he's like, yes, Hagar, it is powerful and strong and can defeat Voltron. She's not made of five kitty cats, though. What was that? <laughs> oh, I wanted a cat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted cats. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you're a fan of the original Voltron, definitely look it up. It, 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 I mean, I'm sorry. It surpasses it. It does. I mean, no, no bones about it. Writing's much more focused. They, they wrote this show to be Voltron. Voltron was Go Line, and they wrote it to be American Voltron. Other than that, if you're not a fan of Ultron, never really looked it up, but you like anime, or you just like good cartoons, I mean, hell, like, totally watch it. I mean, it's on, like Derek said, Netflix is a great avenue for this, because you can watch it whenever you want, you can binge watch it. I actually, the first season, I hated myself because I was torturing myself, but I put myself on a weekly schedule. I would watch one episode a week, and it, like, killed me because they would have cliffhangers, but I really enjoyed it that way. But if you've been to watch it, I mean, you totally enjoy it as well. I don't see any problem with that. That's what Netflix is for. Binge it or see it episode by episode. I have nothing, like I said, really bad to say about it. It's it's one of the more surprising properties that have come back. Like Justin said, it's, it's a reboot not only done right, it probably surpasses the original. So, yeah, I mean, just totally check it out. All right. Well, I think that's probably a good place to end it. So uh, we hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to us discuss Voltron Legendary Defender and of course if you want to check it out it is on Netflix and when we come back we're going to be discussing another animated series so stay tuned The End of the World 
is approaching. Soon the planet will be engulfed in a nuclear Armageddon, and the only people that can prevent this from happening are considered to be the greatest villains of all time. The only thing standing in their way is the Justice League. In 2005... Uh, wait a second, are, are we sure about that date this time? Yeah, it's 2005. We're sure this time. Let's just be perfectly clear. I hate all of you so much. Okay, good. Got that. Alright. In 2005, DC Comics began publishing a 12-issue bi-monthly comic called Justice. Written by Jim Kruger with art by Alex Ross and Doug Braithwaite, this series was essentially a Super Friends for adults. And now another group of Super Friends has come together to discuss all 12 issues in a podcasting crossover called J.L. May 2017. The excitement begins on the April 30th episode of the Fire and Water podcast and continues into Supermates, the Idle Head of Diablo podcast, Views from the Long Box, the Pulp to Pixel podcast, the Lantern cast, the Shazam cast, Comic Reflections, the Silver and Gold podcast, the Power of Fishnets, Waiting for Doom, and Justice's First Dawn, J.L. May. 2017. Last year, they covered the beginning of the Justice League. This year, they discuss and review the League's toughest battle. The coverage begins on April 30th on the Fire and Water Podcast, located at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Hey guys, welcome to a Fan Holes Figure That, and in this installment, it's going to be a little different than it normally is. I know you're used to usually one of the Fan Holes going solo and doing a specific review on a specific toy item, but I'm actually here tonight. This is Derek, Derek WC, and I'm joined by one of my fellow Fan Holes. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here? Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. And what we decided, we, we were just discussing as something fun to do, is as opposed to us reviewing a figure line or a specific figure solo, we thought it might be fun to get together and discuss some of the Marvel Legends on our wish list. Basically, action figures that have yet to be made, or, or maybe, you know, we want some apology figures because that previous Hydra Man is such a piece of shit or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, like, we, so, so basically, like, you know, we're, we're, we're here tonight and just for you know just for a little bit for this mid-segment we're gonna we're gonna shoot the breeze about marvel legends and kind of voice some of our most wanted figures for marvel legends and you know maybe get into why they're they're our most wanted it could be a favorite character they could be you know something to complete a team or maybe you know they provide a much needed rival for for your heroic you know action figure or you know maybe you're you're dreaming of that that special build a figure that you need in your life or whatever so i i, I think that's kind of where we're going with this i guess i'll i'll ask mike 
to start with, like what, I mean, you, you know, you kind of suggested this. So did you, did you have like specific things in mind in terms of like, are you just thinking of wish lists in terms of, you know, across the board, like anything you can dream of and, and kind of discuss it? Or are you trying to keep it within the confines of, hey, we know we have like Spider-Man movies and Guardians of the Galaxy movies and Thor movies and Avenger movies, and you try to squeeze it into that that line and maybe it's a possibility yeah, to fit your like, wish list? Like, a, yeah, I did kind of like write what, what possible like waves they could be in like next to them. Yeah, but you know, some of them are even like multiple choice basically. But I mean, like I'll just start it off like, I, I wrote down Firestar. Uh, like, I think that's a popular choice with all of us. And, I mean, she could be in an Avengers wave. She could be in a Spider-Man wave. I mean, she could be in an X-Men wave, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Amazing X-Men, like, Spider-Man, or Avengers. Like, she fits in all those waves. That's definitely, yeah, like, the, and, like, a high high priority one. You know, one thing I might want to mention, and I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but I, I think I will give Hasbro props for Marvel Legends, especially within, like, the last few years, because I, I just feel like, for me personally, like, a lot of my big wants or things that were my go-tos on a wish list, like Vance Astro, the Enchantress, you know, Magic, you know, whether they were San Diego Comic-Con sets or just, you know, standard retail figures. I, I feel like, you know, certain big, huge wants that I've been constantly clamoring about have been filled. So I, I will give Marvel Legends and Hasbro props in terms of that, you know, even though, you know, I'll, I'll still scream, you know, where's my Firestar? Where's my Silver Sable? Yeah, you know? they, they've been doing pretty good for the last, like, year or two, like, yeah. in, in terms of filling a lot of gaps. Like, you know, a, a couple years ago, I would have said, like, I want a Mockingbird and I want, like, a new Taskmaster and, yeah, like, yeah. stuff like that. And that, that, that happened. So, like, I, I, the, uh, even, like, stuff like, I mean, even if it's not exactly what I expected, like, I, like I'd like i say, like, a new Green Goblin or something. And, I mean, I like that new Green Goblin, but, like, maybe, like, I, w I would have preferred, like, the Phil Urich Green Goblin or something, like, something new, like. But yeah, it's, 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 you know, interesting. It's... it's interesting in terms of, of what they decide to go with, because, like, I, I know they're going to come out with that big, I guess, you know, I'm trying to think of what the hell they're called. What, what's the, the female Avengers or whatever it is? The A... A-Force? A A-Force. That's what I was trying to think of and couldn't think of. But, like, they, they've got that A-Force box set, and I know that, you know, Captain Marvel... Photon, Monica Rambeau, Pulsar, like whatever, whatever name she's going by, right? Like she's got a, a current figure in it. And, you know, I think the costume kind of looks a little next wave-ish, or maybe it looks a little more like her Ultimates costume or something like that. But basically it's a modern incarnation. And, you know, me trying to shoot for like, you know, Marvel superhero Secret Wars setups, you know, I, I might have preferred her you know, original costume, the, the classic costume, but, I, you know, again, like you're saying, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, super irate, just the fact that you're getting the character at all is pretty cool, but yeah. I, I do start to wonder, like, my, my head starts to go into directions where I'm like, well, if it does work as part of a next wave team building session, then you're like, well, the, the, 
Machine Man doesn't really go with that version of, you know, a modern version of Monica Rambeau. But then if you're trying to build, say, the Ultimates, well, you could take your Black Panther figure, your, you know, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers figure with the little mohawk. You could take, you know, Monica Rambeau and Photon, and then maybe on your wish list is like, you know, America Chavez and the Blue Marvel or something. So then you'd only need like two other figures to complete a team. And then, you know, me, my on my wish list, I'd want a, a gold Galactus Build-A-Figure or something because I think that's kind of super cool. But Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, I also wrote down, like, in terms of Build-A-Figures, like, I also wrote down, like, a classic Kane. Okay. Like, and I, yeah, yeah. He, he wouldn't even have to be a Build-A-Figure. I mean, like, they they release, like, you know, the bigger bucks, like, individually now. But I, I would kind of like an alternate, like, unmasked, like, Alan Moore head or something, mm. too, with him. Yeah, so that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I think, um, I think having multiple heads, especially these days when they, the multiple heads almost create a whole new figure. Like, because I, I just got my my Guardians of the Galaxy second wave in, and that whole, you know, Adam Warlock head, but then he's got the Mage's head. And to me, like, it's almost like I kind of want to buy another one because they're almost yeah. two, two separate characters. Or know? like the Chameleon mm-hmm. and Jameson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like things like that. And I think I think something that, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be overly critical about apology figures because they probably have their place. And some of them that have come out lately, whether it's, you know, the Jim Lee Cyclops or, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, somebody else who was like a recent kind of apology figure, you know, Daredevil, you know, like things like that. Like, you know, they're all good, solid figures, but, or, or the Punisher, you know, like, like, but I, I think, you know, sometimes having those alternate heads that actually, free up i guess or open up character possibilities like i mean if they're gonna release an apology figure of the classic comic book thor you know it'd be nice if he had you know a bearded head or you know the the you know eric masterson you know silver domino mask from you know infinity gauntlet head or whatever and then that way you know you actually have like oh this is you know straight up Thor, you know, and this is Eric Masterson Thor. And it's like, wow, cool. It's one figure, but, you know, you can pop off the head and it's a totally different guy, you know? So, like, something like yeah. that, I think, would be super cool if they could keep coming up with, with clever ways to do, you know, do, do you know, switcheroos like that, I think, would, would really be neat. Yeah. Oh, it's like I also wrote down for other like obscure spider, more obscure Spider-Man villains like Carrion, Alistair Smythe, like either his like, you know, revamped like Cyber Slayer mode or whatever, or like his, you know, his first one. I wouldn't mind like a new Scorpion, like the most current Mm. version of the Scorpion with the big like pincers or whatever. Like I thought that was a cool look for him. What else that I wrote? Oh well, here's a here's one you'd probably want too: a business suit, Doctor Octopus. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I I didn't even write that down on my list, but yeah, that's that's a look I've always really like. Enjoyed, yeah, like that, that, kinda, every, 
Eric Larson sort of Dr. Octopus, yeah. Yeah, that's always a a cool-looking Dr. Octopus. You know, since we're talking about Spider-Man specifically, like Spider-Man Legends type stuff, I think for for some of those that would fit into a Spider-Man wave that are kind of on my wish list, like I I kind of have mentioned it, but man, I do really want a Hydra-Man figure that does not suck. So, like, I would really like, you know, a classic, you know, black shirt, you know, jeans, and then they could have, you know, either a Build-A-Figure or, you know, all these kind of add-on pieces to represent, you know, the Hydro aspects of the character. And as far as, you know, I I know we just got, like, a Thunderbolts boomerang, but my secret dream is to team-build the Sinister Syndicate. And, you know, I, I basically what I need is I need Silver Sable to be lying there in front of Black Costume Spider-Man in peril. And we need the Apology Hydra-Man. And now that we've got that really great classic Beetle that just got released, all we really need is a, a semi-classic Boomerang, even though we just got, like, a Thunderbolts Boomerang. We need the yeah. the blue and purple Boomerang. But I think other than that, I mean, there there are plenty of... I mean, strictly speaking, the version of Rhino in that team is like a really old Spider-Man Legends that probably by, you know, modern toy snobbist accounts looks crappy. So you might want to use your your recent Rhino Build-A-Figure or somebody else in that setup. But, I mean, we've got Speed Demon, we've got Beetle. So Rhino, Rhino, Beetle... Speed Demon, we all have figures of, and then, I mean, strictly speaking, we've got figures of Hydra Man and Boomerang, too, but they're just either not the right costume or really, really awful (laughs) in terms of the Hydra Man. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I get you. And that Hydra Man's not even accurate either to that era. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, not that I desperately want it, but I figure... In terms of completing teams and Spider-Man type characters, since they keep throwing all this love to the superior foes of Spider-Man, whoever over there at Hasbro loves that comic, like, they may as well make Overdrive at this point, right? Cause yeah, he's the only one that's, left. That's yeah. the only one they haven't made. I mean, in terms of stuff that I would really like to see in in just kind of like a Spider-Man line. Like, obviously, we talked about Firestar, and I talked about Silver Sable. Those are two big, huge wants. I think other characters that I'd really enjoy seeing is the Puma. I'd really like to see him. I'd really like to see Black Tarantula, because I just think he has a cool look. And yeah, he's, I, a, he's another one I forgot to list, yep. And and I think just because I think he looks cool and he's kind of like a dinosaur, I'd I'd like to see Stegron, whether it's just a <laughs> standard figure or a build a figure. I think I think for build a figures, like you know, I I know you know I we we obviously skew towards more classic stuff, or at least I do. I know sometimes you you skew a little bit more modern than I do sometimes, but I, I think if I was going to pick anything as a a huge kind of Spider-Verse type thing, because that seems really big to stick, you know, variant versions of Spider-Man or whatever in the waves and and sort of as an anchor for the line. You know, like, you got to have a Spider-Man in a Spider-Man wave. Like, besides Kane, like, that you're talking about, because it's more of a classic Kane and doesn't look so much like Spider-Man, I mean, I I think I really like the the Penny Parker, like the the Spider-Man, 
by, you know, slash slash dur suit or whatever, you know, like that, that armor with the, the little, you know, Japanese girl in it. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I, I just think that was one of the bits in Spider-Verse that I thought was kind of cool. And I, I would imagine that would be a kind of cool thing to put together as a build-a-figure, you know, like just kind of have yeah. this huge mech armor and maybe you could even, you know, have the, the, the little girl on top or whatever, like that kind of thing. I, I'm kind of surprised at this point that we haven't gotten things like a, a doppelganger figure or like maybe the six-armed Spider-Man with all these, you know, variant versions of Spider-Man. Like those seem kind of classic and sort of seem like, I mean, you know, that, that might be kind of fun, you know, just to see how they would engineer, you know, the multiple yeah. arms and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously you know, Spider-Verse, you know, kind of is opening up all these, you know, because now you see all these guys that, you know, it's not so much their team building, you know, a real team of, you know, characters. It's like they're just kind of building this whole multiverse of different Spider-Men in the display. And you could have, you know, like something like Spider-Ham would be kind of fun to have or, you know, whoever. So, And you, you'd think that something like Doppelganger would like sell well because it seems like all yeah, the symbiote yeah. looking characters mm-hmm. sell well so yeah yeah but i would think I so. know. The, the, the only other things i had listed for spider-man was uh, a classic gwen stacy like with the go-go boots and the okay. like green coat or whatever and um oh like i wouldn't i actually wouldn't mind like a, a version of the cart like the ben riley like jackal like in the red mm. suit with the okay. jackal mask okay. like i thought that was a cool look yeah so like i wouldn't mind that and i, I mean they could just they could just use the business suit like book yeah, or whatever yeah, and give yeah, him a new head a new head or, or maybe give him that peter parker head that comes with that spider-man mary jane two-pack and then make a mask that actually fits over that or something I don't yeah know. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But... you know, I, I don't know if that, that would work, but, like, you know, it seems like what they are doing now, or at least what people are speculating they're doing, is, like, making these two packs where they have a really solid anchor character and then, you know, a really demanded character that might not, quote-unquote, sell as well or, or, or work as well with the retail brick and mortar type places you know so it's like mary jane single carded might not be a big like retailers might not be like well what the what do we care about that but you stick a a spider-man in it you know whether it's you know modern spider-man you know post secret wars but you know like that that's it seems spider-man yeah. A Spider-Man with a minty green toothpaste stain on yeah, his chest. Yeah, yeah, what's up with that? But yeah, that's what it looks like to me, anyway. Or like he dripped some some chloroseptic or something on his on his spider emblem. And not so much like the comic, but the, the actual action figure kind of looks like that. But like that that's kind of something I was thinking of, where it's like, oh, well, if Firestar or Silver Sable are so unattractive, like, uh, you know, stick a you know, six-armed Spider-Man in the pack with them or stick a Spider-Ham or, or, or something else, you know, that, that would be, you know, that you could say, oh, look, you know, brick-and-mortar retailer, it's a Spider-Man set, you know, and then they go, oh, okay, good. You know, like, instead of, like, you know, sweating it over, you yeah, know, you know, Gwen Stacy in go-go boots, you know, or whatever, you know, like, yeah. don't don't sweat it, guys, we've got... You know, we've got six armed Spider Man in the pack with her, so it'll sell. Or or, you know, you know, it's like, oh well, you know, you've got Jackal 
Ben Riley, but then it's like, no, don't sweat it. We've got, you know, you know, I don't know, some other, you know, Spider-Man Unlimited or whoever, you know, some some other version variant of Spider-Man in the box there. So it's not such a, you know, kind of like screech the brakes type choice or whatever. Yeah. Like moving on, like obviously, like I guess these would be in an Avengers way, but obviously, like I, I wrote a bunch of like Thunderbolts characters down. And I mean, we're supposed to be getting Songbird because she did win that like fan vote. So, like, I, I would hope that, you know, she would get, like, maybe two heads, like, her classic hairdo and maybe, like, that punk hairdo from, like, the Jeff Parker run and, like, some pink wings, at least. But I guess we'll see. And then, you know, I know we just got, like, classic Beetle, but I wouldn't mind, like, like a Mach 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you know, whatever number he's on, basically. And then, like, a Fixer slash Techno and an atlas build a figure and you know it would be nice if it was like on the like you know the same scale as like the giant man like build a figure and not movie giant man because that one was kind of puny like it seemed like in like in, in terms of like growing characters yeah well it seems like it seems like they're just using the marvel universe bucks for those instead of the I mean, I don't think anybody's ever reused the Toy Biz Giant Man. Yeah, it's we, too we bad. Haven't, yeah. We, we haven't gotten Build-A-Figures like the Toy Biz days in a long time, you know, so. Yeah. And then, obviously, like, Citizen V, like, I'd like a, you know, figure of, like, you know, the, the masked identity with a sword and, you know, a cape or whatever. So, I mean, I, I'd assume, like, those would be in a, an Avengers wave, but maybe, you know... Once Marvel's done with, like, the current phases of movies, you know, uh, you'd imagine that maybe a Thunderbolts movie is somewhere down the pipe. So maybe they could do a whole Thunderbolts, like, Marvel Legends wave in, like, three or four years. Yeah, I mean, I I would think they'd want to, you know, maybe set up the Masters of Evil first and then go into that. But, yeah, like, that, that would work. I mean... I I would you know any of those figures sound like fun figures to me like I wouldn't I wouldn't um poo poo or begrudge you for you know wanting your favorite team to get you know action figure representation and everything like that makes total sense to me and I think I think an Atlas build a figure would be cool but at this point I I'd probably guess that they'd use that Marvel Universe buck than than anything yeah. else yeah yeah I guess so a lot. I guess, you know, it would still work, but, you know, you'd obviously want something bigger if possible. But, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know, for upcoming, like, Guardians waves and stuff, I wrote, like, obviously, like, uh, uh, the original Death's Head, like, we're, we're getting Death's Head 2 soon. And, uh, like, you know, a lot of people, like, <laughs> were, like, disappointed that it was Death's Head 2 and not, like, the original Death's Head and... I mean, he did get a, like, Marvel Universe figure, but, you know, it would be nice to have him in scale with the rest of, you know, Legends and stuff. Yeah, no, that, that I, I think, I think just as a default rule, I mean, you'll get into trouble with this rule, but I, I don't think it hurts to say that anybody who's held their own solo comic book series for a fair amount of time probably deserves an action figure. You know, like, if it's not Death's Head, then, you know, Shang-Chi or, you know, Damien Hellstrom or 
people like that that have actually like sort of held their own series for a reasonable length of time. So I think I think stuff like that, you know, makes sense to me. And 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 yeah, like you said, you got the the universe figure of Death's Head. But yeah, it it would be nice to have them in a six inch scale for sure. And if that yeah. if that's something that appears in a Guardians of the Galaxy wave, like so be it. I mean, you know, maybe it could also show up in a I don't know, didn't he show up in Iron Man or something? Like, you know, so like I, I Yeah, or Fantastic Four, yeah, but yeah, that yeah, I don't know, that's yeah. gonna happen. So but. but I mean as far as Guardian stuff goes, I mean obviously you know me, I kinda like the original Guardians probably as much as you like the Thunderbolts, so I would certainly for for multiple reasons be championing uh championing their uh inclusion in in new waves whether it's like you know a classic yondu uh starhawk alita martinix nikki charlie 27 build a figure i i'd also kind of go even deeper for other reasons where you know i wouldn't mind seeing like the female yellow jacket or you know since we have vance astro like i mentioned earlier you know maybe get like a major victory figure where he's got the cap shield and where he's out of his containment suit or something like that like i would be kind of all about those type of characters. I, w- I wouldn't even mind like a justice figure mm-hmm. that could be in like maybe avengers an avengers wave or something like yeah. that yeah yeah i mean as far as, as as far as the avengers goes like my my go-to my default is who hasn't been made a figure that's on that george perez avengers poster so like and going back to the other rule about like who has a ongoing series that lasted for a fair amount of time it's like Quasar, Quasar, Quasar. So like, yeah, yeah I, I, Quasar needs a figure. You know, people like Star Fox and Jocasta and Cersei, like Crystal. You know, like people that have been, you know, Avengers for a really long time and haven't gotten any action figure representation. I I kind of even want to push because it would help me make a superhero squad setup, like some of the Academy kids, like Reptile. You know, like things things like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be so, cool. Yep. You think like metal would be like a good like visual character mm-hmm. that would like yeah. yeah look interesting yeah I also wrote like for guardians like a, a classic or at least a guardians like costume mantis hmm. what I'm I'm curious like would you because for me like I I've I read her in Silver Surfer for a long time so she had the green skin. But would you want her to have human skin and look more like she did in Avengers? Like, do you have any preference either way? Whatever. Like, as long as it's like a a non-movie Mantis. Like, in my head, I had her in the, like, Guardians costume. But, like, you know, anything would be cool. Well, see, that, yeah, then that, again, is different from what I'm talking about, too. Because it's, you know, I'm talking about, like, the, the Avengers kind of silver surfer era costume but then you know the the guardians costume is is again a comic costume but but and and would go well with the the entertainment earth set you know that came out with all the the guardians too yeah i also wrote like maybe this could be a garden a guardians or maybe even an x-men wave like vulcan like mm-hmm. you feel like vulcan would be a like 
uh, he's one of those characters that's sort of like newish that you think they would like try to hawk in like Marvel Legends like at some point. But I think his time's probably passed already. Yeah, it's weird. Like... It's weird how those those times like, like they're so limited. Because I was thinking about that where I'm like, oh, who from like the the Hickman Avengers run haven't we gotten? But then it's like I started thinking about it, and I'm just kind of like, oh well is it too you know it's like a smasher's time come and gone has has the you know cannonball and and sunspot as avengers has that whole thing kind of come and gone so like nobody would care about it by now like like that that kind of stuff that whole flash in the pan type stuff when you don't strike when the iron's hot like can can creep up on yeah. you like really really fast i think oh, like like we we me, are getting we are getting ex Nilo, so I mean, yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah, sort, yeah, and yeah. he's 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 definitely part of you know Hickman's run. You know, I started thinking about that because because that ex Nilo figure is golden, and I started thinking like, well, it's golden. It's in the Avengers wave, or it's in the Guardians wave, and in the movie they've got Aisha, and you know the the whole you know aspect of the sovereign being a race of gold skinned people in that film. I wonder if that was like somehow a subconscious tie-in, you know, like, oh this guy's gold, like just like those guys in the movie. So yeah, that's that works. Yeah. You know like, And he's he's like he's like visually interesting basically yeah, too. Yeah. So like I mean, yeah. you know, like speaking of those modern things that we sort of missed out on or didn't get at the time when they were modern it's like you know something that i would like a lot is is to finish off the dark avengers like i would i would really like them to go back and just look at that carol danvers mold you know the miss marvel mold and do a dark miss marvel and i don't care who they use or what they use to get it but i, I would like a marvel boy that's not the protector you know like a grant morrison yeah marvel boy there's speaking know? of a flash in the pan like costume or like yeah, yeah representation yeah. of a character yeah yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, they struck while the iron's hot. Does anybody? I mean, would if they had never made that protector Marvel legend, would anybody be demanding it now? Probably not. You know, no, especially since like you know Marvel Boy's been in two series since then as his like usual like green costume yeah. like so. Yeah. So yeah, but. Yeah. I don't know, speaking, speaking of X-Men, as I mentioned it before, I still don't feel like we've gotten a really, like, definite or good Magneto figure. Mm -hmm. Like, like that last one, I don't know, he looks kind of derpy to me, and, like, the, the original one is, like, old, I guess, yeah. so, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, it's I, I, it's like, I, I see people use the select version in their setup sometimes, because they're not happy with the the current Hasbro one or the old Toy Biz one. I mean, yeah. I, I think at this point, like for me, I, I have both the, the Toy Biz and the, the Hasbro one. Like at this point, like if they did do another Magneto, it'd have to be something different to really get me excited. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't mind his like modern costume or, or like, you know, his like black or white costumes from a couple years ago yeah, or something yeah. like new. Yeah, it yeah, would have to. Then, it would have to be something other to to get me interested. Yeah, and I I also wrote down another new Emma Frost because I never got an opportunity to buy that last <laughs> one. Like it was yeah, like that's... it seems like it was like a hundred bucks as soon as it was out of the gate. Like... Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, obviously that's 
that that one is a vast improvement over the one from the I think it was what was it the Annihilus wave or uh, yeah yeah so that was like the very first wave when Marvel Legends like came, quote unquote came back I think yeah, yeah I mean so. I mean the one thing that's good about that old figure is you can still kind of fit that cape over the 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 new one but yeah. I suppose if they came out with another Emma Frost and she had a cape that actually fit her. You know, like that might be kind of nice, but I, I suppose you know. they could do like they could do like Magneto, like current Emma Frost, like with yeah, her black yeah, costume yeah. or something. Yeah, but but I just want a representation, like a new representation of her, and like any kind of representation of Magneto. And uh, like I, I also wrote like a new Nightcrawler, and like I never owned that original Nightcrawler, but I hear he's not too bad or yeah, anything. Yeah, he's, he's like, fine. I mean, I I don't I don't have a lot of negative things to say about him. He's a pretty decent figure. I mean, as far as X Men go, I I think I wrote a few things down. I I feel like because this had an action figure in the old Toy Biz, you know, X Men line, like. I I I'm still baffled like why there's not a Sauron build a figure out there somewhere. Like I don't know why. Like it's not like he's my favorite X-Men villain or anything, but like he's so toyetic. He's a freaking scary pterodactyl man dude <laughs> with wings. Like I it just seems like he'd be so damn cool as a build a figure. And of course, you know, speaking of like tie-ins, like back in the day when I was religiously watching Hulk and the Agents of Stupid, which is now not a hot current in the now thing, but back when it was, like Sauron was one of the villains that showed up on that show and I I always used to wonder like what why can't they you know, it seems like a lot of the movies are what's used to to promote and pimp character choices. But I always kind of wondered why maybe you know some some cartoons and and animated films or whatever couldn't also be sort of used the the heat of their release be used in the same way. You know, like like why yeah. can't I have like an Atuma figure because Atuma was a member of the Cabal? You know, like why can't I have like a goofy you know, new look Dracula because he was part of the cabal. Like I would, I wouldn't mind things like that if, if it, you know, if, if it was an excuse like that, that you needed to point to something and go, look, this is on TV, you know, big box retail, like, okay, fine. But, you know, give me something like that too. Yeah. And like the only other thing I wrote down, I forgot to mention it about like in an Avengers wave is I I wouldn't I would like a a Hank Pym like figure in his wasp costume like oh, I always okay. thought that was a really cool costume. Okay, so like the the sort of what Mighty Avengers Hank Pym. I yeah, guess? like yeah, yeah, like the yeah, like I I'm, I suppose that's kind of one of those flash in the pan things that is like outdated now, but like I, I still would like it just because I liked that costume. I would, I, I, I think if I was going to, like, pimp a version of Hank Pym that I'd want in action figure form, it probably would be the red jumpsuit from West Coast Avengers. Oh, yeah, you yeah. I always kind of had a soft spot for that look for him. But, but yeah, I mean, those are all kind of cool, you know, like, because to me, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pining for, like, Dark Avengers, so I can't blame you for pining for Mighty Avengers, because that was probably, like, the only decent Avengers book during that whole, that whole Dark Reign 
thing or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. I I I just want to say like I don't have too many other X-Men things on my list, but I am a big fan of X-Men and it, it would probably be like the 90s look that I'd want, but I wouldn't mind if they went with the shaman Warren Ellis look or any other look, but I would probably just prefer the Age of Apocalypse x-man look yeah and and to see him I, I get uh, him so he could hang out with spider-man yeah yeah uh, like that i think would be a fun choice and then i i do kind of think it's a crime that you cannot set up giant-sized x-men number one at this point i mean it's kind of ridiculous like like the the only two that they really really need to make that a reality i mean you i'm sure justin would want an apology banshee figure that doesn't look like ass but not <laughs> not you know pretending that you're going to use that banshee figure and all the existing hasbro figures that they've released to date the only ones you really need is a dave cockrum storm which seems like a no-brainer and thunderbird and then you'd have giant-sized x-men you know the, yeah. the new team i mean in your case you had mentioned you know wanting maybe a new version of nightcrawler i mean if they made some kind of set like that where it was dave cockrum storm thunderbird uh banshee that doesn't look like shit a new nightcrawler and you know i don't know uh I don't know if there's anybody else you want an apology figure of to throw in there, but, you know, I, I think the rest of them all have, you know, decent looking action figures, but I, I think that it would be nice if, if you could get, you know, just all the, the, you know, all new, all different giant sized X-Men cast. In yeah, terms of definitely a good inches. pick. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty much like I'm sure there are others that I've forgotten to mention, but those are the ones that are like chief in my mind and you know, hopefully in the coming years we'll get some of these figures. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the the, the only other things I'd just throw in is since they don't really belong anywhere and I don't know quite where I'd put them is just characters that I'd like to see. I mean, maybe they'd end up in a Spider-Man wave or a Deadpool wave or, or something like that. But the, just to finish off, this is just a random list, but you know me, I love Madcap. So if there was like a Deadpool wave, I would, or, or I don't know, a Captain America wave again or something like that, you know, some place to put them. But, you know, I, I would really love a Madcap. I've always been a fan of the Brothers Grimm, and that would be an example of a figure you could just tool the one figure, but people would inherently buy two of him because you need the twins. So, you know, it could be the same figure, but then the two of them could go together. I I really want a high evolutionary. I don't know where that would go either. Maybe the Guardians or the Avengers or something like that. And I think as far as if they keep going with Fantastic Four stuff, since it slowly seems to be trickling out, again, I, I would love a super thing, you know, with the big spiky rocks and everything, and I think that would be a a dream figure come true. And then I just wrote down a couple Build-A-Figures, since I think Curse probably missed his window with the Dark World, but I'd really like a comic book Build-A-Figure of Curse. And I think... Everybody would probably get a kick out of a devil dinosaur build a figure if they could somehow work that into a wave. <laughs> so that that's basically, you know, 
just throwing those last ones in there. But yeah, this is this is fun to, you know, I mean, you know, for me, I feel like me and Tony would do this a lot too. And, and you know, you could talk about, you know, wants and wish lists and, you know, different molds you could use as repaints and, and, and easy things like where you take like the the beast from the the X-Men five pack, the original X-Men. It's like you could re-release that beast like, three or four times, you know, with different paint schemes, and it would be from a bunch of different teams, you know? So it's like, I, I could see them releasing that five-pack, like, over and over and over again, whether it's, like, as X-Factor or the, you know, X-Men during the Neil Adams era or something like that, you know? And, and me, I would be a sucker for that kind of stuff. Like, I would, I would keep buying the same fucking figures over and over again, you know? But, yeah. Neat. Yeah, all right. Well, this probably went on longer than we intended, but we hope you've enjoyed listening to us speculate and pontificate on various choices and wish lists for Marvel Legends. Actually, we would be interested in hearing some of your wants and wish lists are and, you know, some of your ideas. So if you have any of them, you know, of course, leave us a comment or, you know, send us an email at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, keep listening to the various shows. And yeah, this has been Fanholes Figure That. Take care, guys. Adios. Figure That. Hello, listeners. It's your friend, PJ Frightful. That's PJ, as in podcast jockey. And I'm dropping dreadful new episodes every two weeks. When the clock strikes midnight, the podcasting hour shines a candle on the dark corners of DC Comics. Those supernatural sagas of Swamp Thing, Dead Man, The Spectre, and more. The podcasting hour. It's a rotating anthology series boasting the terrifying talents of Ryan Daly, Rob Kelly, Paul Hicks, Ben Avery, Doug Zavisha, and other unfortunate souls. Prepare for the unexpected, open a doorway to nightmare, and enter the houses of mystery and secrets. The moon is full, and the dark spirits are rising. For it's midnight, the podcasting hour. Coming this Halloween, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beware. Fifty years have passed, but I do not age. How much longer can you keep this up? Time has lost its effect on me. Yet, the suffering continues. You've forgotten your purpose! Aku's grasp chokes the past, present, and future. Your training is complete. Go kill the samurai! There is no hope for you, foolish samurai. Aku is the master of masters and will end you! There's no way home. There's nothing to fight for. Show yourself, samurai, so you can die. It always seems bad at first, but then I find a way. Leave here now and live, or stay and face your destiny. Our destiny is your death! Very well. Aku destroyed everything. Gotta get back. <laughs>
Hey guys, welcome back from that awesome commercial break, and of course we hope you enjoyed the fan holes figure that segment with me and Mike, and of course we're back now to discuss another animated show on the second half of this episode, and again joining me is one of my fellow fan holes, why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here for the second half of the show. Hey, it's Mike, and we gotta get back, back to this podcast. Fan holes. Samurai fan holes. Nice. So yeah, that's that's basically what we we were talking about tonight. Like they recently have released a I guess long-awaited follow-up, a long-awaited conclusion to Samurai Jack, the fifth season of Samurai Jack, which ran from March 2017 and just wrapped up on May 2017. So Mike and I have just actually watched the 10 episodes that make up the fifth season. And, you know, basically, I I don't know if we're going to go blow by blow or episode by episode or anything, but, you know, we we did kind of want to give our take on it and kind of, you know, let you guys know what we thought about it and everything. And this did seem to be something that was kind of demanded that we be discussing everything and and i think uh, before i you know sat down to watch the fifth season like i was i was telling mike before we actually went live on the show that it's been a long time since like samurai jack i mean you know you just look at like the wikipedia page and they're like yeah 12 years later you know there's a fifth season you know and it's kind of like it, it seemed like samurai jack was one of those shows that was very entertaining and it had a good presence on Cartoon Network and obviously it's one of those shows I think along with what like Dexter's Lab and stuff that put Gendy Tartakovsky on the map and everything you know never mind the the cool little Clone Wars shorts that we've we've talked about on Fan Home's podcast before but yeah I mean I think like that this uh, well, I guess the the first thing that that I felt like getting off my chest to Mike was, and I, I think he's he's echoing me here, so I don't know how much we can back each other up, but I have not seen Samurai Jack in a really long time, so there there may be things in this fifth season that are definite callouts and callbacks to the original series, but I don't know that I I'm super tuned in to picking up on on all of those things i mean i may i may just by you know osmosis know certain things you know i know i know what samurai jack's regular outfit is versus his you know crazy bearded warrior look outfit is you know what i mean but but there there may be some other things that i'm not as up to speed on as far as little cameos and and kind of easter eggs and stuff like that and it's I don't know, like, like I, do you know anything about why this was produced at all? I assumed it was just part of, you know, this current trend of bringing stuff that worked back, mm. basically. Mm. Like, I, I don't know, like, the, the original show didn't have a conclusion, like, per se. So right, I guess, right. you know, they I probably mean, said, well, there's probably an audience for this. You know, I mean, we I'm, brought I'm, it back. 
I'm, I'm guessing, based on the way television used to work, you know, like, they probably did their four seasons and had enough episodes to possibly sell it into syndication, and that was a success, and, you know, unlike certain shows that have sort of cartoon finales, I mean, obviously, like, stuff like anime has, like, a, you know, a series finale, but, you know, it's very rare, like, every once in a while you'll get something like Batman the Brave and the Bold that does, like, a bang-up send out for the series or something like that but most shows like samurai jack before i think this fifth season i mean it, it probably just ended on an episode that was like any other episode do you know what i mean another episode to put it in the yeah rotation, i think so yeah you know and and, and it yeah. like i like do you notice like you know they they use like you know roman numerals for like the episode numbers and like the the end of the original series ended at episode fifty two, and then like this series begins with episode ninety two. Uh-huh. So it's like kind of like they they tried to say like there was a huge like gap of episodes that were not you know we were not privy to basically. Right, right. Well, that that makes sense because y- y- it's interesting because the the new intro or the new setup for the fifth season, he you know Jack basically is explaining to the audience that it's been. 50 years since you last watched or saw Samurai Jack, you know, that he's been trapped in this kind of time-displaced battle with Aku and, and on this, you know, world, basically, for the last 50 years. And, you know, what was funny was, I, I don't even think it dawned on me until I watched, like, the second or third episode, because I think I misheard it, you know, I, I, I thought 50 years was so outlandish, you know, like, I think in my head, I heard, like, 15 years, because I was like, oh, you know, yeah, he can't be that old, like, I, I it must have been 15 years, and then I think by the time I got to, like, the second and third episode, and I was re-listening to the intro over and over again, I finally went, oh, holy shit, it is 50 years, and, and th- there's the dialogue about how, you know, of who's been... I mean, Aku's plan ultimately became, fuck, I can't kill this asshole, why don't I just wait him out and let him die of natural causes? And it turns out, like, I guess when, because of the time travel, you know, and, and the the expediency of, of the story, I guess, you know, like, Jack does not age, at least in this you know, in, in, in this current environment, you know, like, so, so it was like one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, he's been around for like 50 years and stuff, and so that's, that's also kind of like a, a heady trip where I guess you're, you're, you're coming back to a character, and, and I'm kind of wondering, like, if the, if the show, the original show premiered in 2001, and it's, it's 2017, you know, it, I guess, you know, the, if little kids you know, that were, say, I don't know, like, what, seven or eight or five or six or whatever were watching that back then, like, what are they, like, in their 20s now? Like, so, I, yeah. I, I guess, is that the audience this show was designed for? Because it does seem to be, I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, you know, again, you can correct me, because it's been so many years since I watched Samurai Jack, but, I mean, I remember it being very action-oriented. I remember him usually fighting sort of disposable robot enemies like nobody of you know organic you know maybe monsters or something but like not anybody of like you know with human violence or bloodletting or anything like that and i think this this 
fifth season certainly seems to address those kind of issues. I mean, I guess, you know, strictly speaking, right, the the Samurai Jack that, that we're talking about, the, the original show, was generally on Toonami, right? And this is, of course, being aired on yeah. Adult Swim, right? So it's 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 kind of grown up with with its audience potentially. Do you know what I mean? Like I I kept thinking a lot about you know discussions people have about you know comic books and should the characters age with the the readers? Should should things be made for just kids? Should things like actually have adult themes and subject matter, or you know should they be this weird amalgamation where you know kids can get one thing out of it but adults can get another thing out of it you know like and, and it seems like this definitely at at some point i kind of went oh wow this this definitely skews towards you know a, a 20 something and above audience you know because it's not it, it's for people that remember samurai jack and those people are uh, Odds are they're going to be in their twenties or older, right? So, and so the, the the themes and subject matter, whether it's you know, I don't know, sex or violence or, or what have you, you know, that they're sort of at the forefront of the episode. So I I sort of was kind of surprised that there was you know blood and killing and violence and 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 themes of kind of you know sexuality and and, and things like that, you know, sort of layered into kind of your your maybe standardized Gendy Tartakovsky like action fest with certain you know homages layered into either the battles or the visuals or, or anything like that. I guess like the the original show did have some mature themes and stuff, but it, yeah, this this was definitely a, a step up. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's, they play it up that, like, Jack has never killed, like, a actual, like, human being before, like, in an early episode, like, in this new season. But, like, I can remember episodes in the original series where he'd fight, like, bounty hunters who were, like, clearly not robots. And, I mean, like, you know, he'd slash up their vehicles and they'd, like, go and explode against a mountain and stuff. So it's I'm, it's kind of like, well, I guess you just got to assume all those guys, like, G.I. Joe parachuted, like, out of that or whatever, but... Well, maybe you could also argue that that he never slit any of those guys' throats up close either, right? Like, I yeah, mean, that's that's something that that does happen in this, right? Where where that's that's kind of divergent from from the previous seasons, you know, that you were going into. I mean, I, I'd imagine it'd be funny because I'd imagine if you tried to sit down somebody who's like you know, five or six years old and have them watch the first couple seasons it'd be totally fine, but I think by the time you got to this season, you might be like, okay, we're gonna have to wait a couple of years before you watch this, maybe. I mean, I don't yeah. know, but that, that's kind of the vibe I get out of it, you know, because there's there's a lot of stuff going on in, in the episodes. I mean, you know, visually, it's, it's very interesting, and, and the music is really cool. I'm trying to think of, like, specific things, but I feel like I see, like, influences of things like, you know, Frank Miller and, like, you know, sort of with, even in that short little intro where the, the rain droplets, you know, are falling on the shadow of Jack and how it's kind of got the whole inverted colors to it, but it's done in black and white, kind of like a Sin City vibe, sort of. You know, there's there's the, the moment where he's 
he's in his sort of bearded armored look you know it's like it's almost like he's he's on a chopper kind of like judge dread or lobo would be but then he has this you know cannon that basically reminds me of like wonder woman picking up the cannon in for the man who has everything and trying to like shoot mongol with it you know like things like that you know so like there there are things that you know call out to me or like those weird like little beetle beasts that they were sending after them sort of reminded me of the gartham from dark crystal and you know i i know you're probably like what the fuck is with derek's avatar but like that's that the, the, the guy from the Muppet movie, you know, I guess his name is Sweetums or whatever. I had to look it up before it came on because I was like, what the fuck is that guy's name? And I didn't even know. You know, he's the guy who's like, we're, we're up, guys. Like, I want to go to Hollywood. You know, and all that shit in the Muppet movie. And, like, there's this scene where I guess there are those, you know, I, I, they sort of overdo it, I think, in this fifth season of, of how many people Jack's touched and saved or whatever. But I think there's these people that, like, once they take off their hoods or whatever, I was like, oh, holy shit, they look just like, you know, Sweetums from the Muppet movie, except for they're, like, sort of not <laughs> not, yeah. not not bipedal. They're, they're kind of, like, little, you know, elephant-looking Sweetums. But I was just like, oh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things in there where you could see, like, you know, influences or, or things. I mean, even, even, you know, your avatar, right? Like, the... the, the robot Sammy Davis Jr. guy who's kind of like this, he's like this robot Deadpool almost, like, where he's just kind of like, you know, th this guy where, I, I, I feel like he's like Fabian Nicieza Deadpool, where you're just like, dude, shut up, you know, like, <laughs> like, can we just fight, please, like, shut up, like, you know, because he's, he's like very, like, you know, chalkboard, you know, nails on a chalkboard, annoying you know, as as you're having that conflict, at least in my mind, you know, so like things like that. Even though even though he's a robot and he's got like these different sets of capabilities, I was kind of like, oh, this is like, what if like you know, a coup sent Deadpool after you know Samurai Jack or something like that? Yeah, like, I I, re I really like Scaramouche. Yeah, he's he's I, th I thought he was pretty funny and like yeah, the the whole Sammy Davis Jr. thing was like cracking me up. Like, hey, Jackie baby, like you know. Like... <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, okay, you know, like that. You know, it's like it, it was. It, it's funny because like a lot of these things, like I I get into where I'm like, okay, you know, some of the guys on the show want to watch this, and it's like I I to be perfectly honest, I I probably wouldn't have made a, a, a point to watch this if you guys hadn't said you know you you wanted to talk about it on the show and stuff like that and so like i i kind of sat down it kind of reminded me of how i used to watch episodes of teen titans go back in the day where i'd be like i don't know if i'm gonna enjoy this and then i sit down and watch it and i go wow that was that was really really good you know like i really enjoyed that you know and for the most part i'd say of the of the 10 episodes i mean it was fairly consistent i mean there there might have been a few episodes like and I guess we'll get into this later, but or, or maybe since we're jumping around and everything, but like the the character Ashi, like when she kind of got her her solo episode almost, and and went around sort of being indoctrinated or reverse indoctrinated, because I, I guess to get into it for anybody who who hasn't seen the show but wants to you know follow along and just listen to us sort of 
you know pontificate on on this show and everything and, and, and you know what we have to say about it like she is of a group of daughters like I, I almost wondered like I, I had a lot of weird thoughts going into this because I think when the show opens like I'm totally random like all over the place but when the show opens right like I was almost like is is a coup dead you know, because, like, I kept thinking about Mako, you know? And I was like, oh, I wonder if, like, it's been so long, you know, it's been 50 years, like, maybe Aku doesn't even exist, but the legend of Aku does, and that there are these mothers of Aku, and they make these daughters, and the daughters become assassins, and they send them out. And I started thinking, like, I wonder if that's what's going on here. And then, eventually, like, we do see Aku, and, of course, he's got a new voice actor that's trying to do like an approximation of you know the original voice and everything and i went oh, okay so my my theory about that was wrong so i'm sort of course correcting as i'm i'm watching the show and everything and then i see all these little girls like these little girl kids you know and they're they're being you know trained to be assassins almost you know put through the whole you know black widow program you know they're they're you know getting indoctrinated and everything and 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 i had these weird thoughts of like you know they're they're becoming like you know trained you know terrorists or or what have you you know like there there's this whole sort of you know mental philosophy being placed on these little girls and then they they sort of they dehumanize them by putting them all in these kind of the, the court of owls masks or whatever that's kind of what it reminded me of you know from scott snyder oh yeah the Greg kabuki Capullo's masks from, yeah yeah of, yeah. Like, and, yeah and so so like they they basically dehumanize them at that point because they're all in these black outfits and they wear the masks and of course you know as the series progresses this is this is kind of what we had alluded to you know jack has never you know you know ape must not kill ape you know that kind of thing you know jack shouldn't take a human life but here you know he's put in this scenario and he thinks they're robots i think at first but then of course when he slits the first girl's throat like then then he kind of knows you know and it's not that it it doesn't exactly slow him down i mean they're clearly trying to kill him you know but as he slowly you know and, and and you know he does have this point where he sort of offers them an option, you know, he kind of gives them an out, where he says, look, you know, like, like his father did, he has a flashback to how his father sort of offered these other guys an out, and he says, look, man, you know, you don't have to do this, like, you know, either your destiny is to get killed by me, or you can walk the fuck away, but those are, those are your two choices, basically, and of course, you know, for his father in the flashback, the guys laugh it off, and of course, you know, his father kills them all. You know, and, and, and in the this scenario, you know, most of these daughters of Aku, you know, laugh laugh him off or, you know, they, they sort of ignore him and, and continue to fight, you know, because they're so brainwashed, you know, by this this indoctrinating that they've received from, from the mothers of Aku or whatever. And, you know, they don't know much about they they know everything about killing and everything about you know, tracking and all this other stuff, but the simple shit, like, you know, seeing a, a deer in the forest, you know, make out with another deer, is like, what the fuck is that? Like, whoa. You know, and stuff, they're, they're, they're sort of naive and stupid about, you know, simple things. And, you know, eventually it gets to the point where there's only the one girl left, 
and then it becomes kind of like this whole, you know, Dragon Ball Z redemption story. It's like she goes from being, you know, I, I talked about seeing, like, comic influences, and it's almost like the girl goes from being Yukio from Wolverine, you know, to, like, I don't know, Mantis from Engelhart's Run or something, because she, she starts out in, like, a, a black jumpsuit, and she's, like, supposed to be this deadly little girl assassin or what have you, you know? And then, you know, somewhere along the way, it's like she she loses that outfit and then starts dressing up in all these green leaves and stuff. And then I started thinking of her more as like a, you know, like a Mantis-type character, at least in visually, you know, looking and stuff like that. But I... I, I had a lot of weird ideas about that, but I don't know if you want to if you want to keep talking about that character or offer up any of your own like first impressions of the character. Well, at first I kind of like I figured she was like obviously like uh, I I was kind of like I don't know that that second episode man like like Jack really like actually yeah Jack like totally like destroys like the the what they're called the daughters of aku i think it's the second or third episode where he like kind of like you know kills them after he kind of resolves himself to fight them like he kills them like off one by one and then when the next episode uh, opens like ashi is the only one left alive and they get kind of stuck together and like swallowed by this giant creature and jack pretty much decides to spare her life for the most part and I kind of thought it was going in the direction of maybe she was going to be, like, his Robin or something, mm. like, for a while. But then, like, like later in the season, it, it turns into more of, like, a love interest thing, so, like... Yeah, like, that. that's kind of what I, I wanted to touch on, was it's weird, like, and maybe it's, you know, this, this displays my sicko head case nature or whatever, but I didn't think so much of it, like, you as a Robin scenario, but I did think of it, like, as a lone wolf and cub scenario but because she was a girl it uh, it almost became in my head like i had visions of lone wolf and cub meets old boy and i was just kind of like what if <laughs> i was like what if that's his daughter because i'm like sitting there going there are no other you know sort of human beings in this environment usually i mean or the ones that are like the the scottish guy who becomes a ghost later or whatever that's voiced by john dimaggio like i mean Clearly, you know what I'm saying. Like, they're not Japanese-looking, basically, right? Like, yeah. Jack is. So I'm sitting there going, wait, you've got seven girls that all look Japanese, and they all look, like, you know, trained in martial arts, and they're all hell-bent on killing Samurai Jack, and they're they're being sort of brainwashed from, from a young age. I was like, I wonder if, like, you know, I, I was sitting there going, I, I really thought it was going to lead to a place where they revealed that, you know, because he's been around for 50 years, like, I, I thought it was going to a, a point where they were going to reveal that that was his daughter. And then when it took that romantic, like, turn, like... I mean, I, I guess maybe some people might say they thought they, they, they would feel that that was obvious, but since I had that in my head, I was just kind of like, it, it, I almost like screeched on the brakes and it went from like a lone wolf and cub thing to like, what is this going to be, like an old boy thing? Like, are they going to go that far? And of course they didn't, <laughs> but I was just like, I, I was sitting there going like, what? Like, who's going to be like, cut out your tongue, Jack? Ha, 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 ha. You know, and I was just like, whoa, like, you know, that that's what was going through my head anyway. Like, I, I liked 
like Ashi's like I like liked her solo episode like not only because it like it had a lot of references to the old like the original series and stuff where she goes around like you know the planet and sees like all the lives that like Jack has touched and like meets some of his old enemies and all that maybe I don't know maybe it was a little too fast that she like you know changed because it's pretty much like after that initial episode of hostility between them she pretty much you know settles down and then like she's like on his side for a while and then yeah then it kind of escalates really fast I guess I mean I don't know like like I I sort of thought maybe that they took too much I mean I kind of didn't think it happened too fast because honestly in that episode like her her quote-unquote solo episode like it was one of those things where obviously like i could tell it was paying homage and lip service to maybe cultures and civilizations from the previous show which to be perfectly honest i i don't have any recollection of you know so it was like one of those things where it's like every time she met somebody it always had the same fucking result and i went all right i get it like she she's figuring out jack's a cool customer do you know what I mean? Like, it's like that, that he's a good guy and he helps yeah. people out. And this bullshit that she was fed, this Kool-Aid that a coup is like the greatest thing ever and created the universe and shit is a load of fucking horse shit, right? Like, she's, she's finally waking up from, from the programming that, that was being forced upon her, right? But I, I was just kind of like thinking like, all right, like after the, the second or third time it happened, I was just like, all right, fuck me, man. Like, oh, all right, get on with the, the, it's like the dancing thing and all that other stuff. I was like, come on, move, move it along. Like, I get it. She thinks he's, he's an all right guy now. Like, you know, I, I get it. I, you know, so for me, it was, I, I did have a little bit of impatience with that, that portion of it. But I think, I think, I guess, you know, like what you're saying is, is, you know, you thought maybe it happened too quickly and I, I think maybe I thought that since they did that so many times I felt like by the time she actually decided to side with him I was like well that's I was like to me I was like that's pretty fucking earned right like I don't know that was my my take on it where it was like well they had her meet like 20 billion fucking civilizations that all gave Jack the stamp of approval so I was like alright you know it, it didn't seem so crazy to me that you know that she she would make that choice especially like when you had the things with like the different animals like the ladybug like i mean that was the point where she's like oh like you know she remembers being like a little girl and being told the ladybug was a distraction and a waste of time and the mother of a crew like crushes the ladybug but when she sees jack do the complete opposite like what she originally wanted to do when she was a little girl it's like that that basically, like, to me, that one scene does what all those other scenes do again and again and again and again. You know, it, it's kind of like that that path they have Commissioner Gordon on in year one where he's just, you know, rookie cop James Gordon or whatever. And it, it's kind of like the idea of, you know, but he saved that cat, you know? And it's like the fucking, you know, Batman, like, risked his life to save a fucking cat and got shot at, you know? And it's like, it's like, that's just, you know, that that's like the the straw that breaks the camel's back into like, oh, this, this dude's all right. He's a good person. Do you know what I mean? And it's like the ladybug is kind of like the same thing for, for her. Anyway, that's kind of how I took it. 
No, I can see that. I guess I was distracted by... Like, I didn't remember all of it, but, like, you know, some of the stuff they brought up, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember the rave kids. Like, that was an episode where, like, Aku... Like, there was this rave, and, like, Aku was kind of, like, indoctrinating, like, kids, like, to his, like, evil or whatever okay. with, like, like, with, like, a rave music and stuff. And then, yeah, Jack has to, like, kind of wanders into it, and then he starts, like, dancing, and, like, he does that, like, you know like fight stance like dancing and like ever it starts to catch on and then like you know 50 years later the kids are still doing that dance and like ash she like does it too so like i thought that was cool okay and then i remember i remember like the jive talking like black exploitation samurai like who was running the bar in that episode like i remember that original episode i don't know the time frame but was that supposed to be like some kind of commentary on like Afro Samurai, or did Afro Samurai come out like way after that I character? I don't know. Like maybe. Okay. Like a, I could. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's an actual connection with that, but like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure myself. So I, I was just. But it was something that had occurred to me when I when I saw that character. But, yeah, I mean, like the the fan wank and references to the original like series, like. I mean, some of it went over my head, and then, like, like some of the villains in that villain bar, I was like, I don't remember all those guys. Like, especially, like, the guy who bursts in, and, like, you know, it's a big deal that he's there or something, and I'm like, I don't remember him. I must have not seen that episode. And then, like, the Dormammu-looking guy, like, like, with the flaming skull, like, I was like, I must have missed that guy. Like, all of, like, Jack's allies that he encounters, like, the, the blind archers who were, like, cursed by Aku, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that episode, and then, like, the jump good monkeys or whatever like that's a like a episode that really stands out in my head and then uh the super intelligent dog and uh the the robots who like in the final episode bring out the giant like stone samurai robot like i remember all those guys but like i guess i was just kind of distracted by that but no i get i get what you're saying though you know what that reminded me of, and I, I don't know if I'm just you know bl blatantly pointing like you stole this, but like that that it really really felt like shades of Flash Gordon to me. Like I guess anytime I see like disparate like cultures and societies all like sort of get together and fight the bad guy at like the end of a you know sort of fantasy story or whatever, it always reminds me of Flash Gordon, where it's just like you know. Death to Ming! You know, like, except for in this case, it's like, you know, death to a coup or whatever, and they, they all kind of, you know, come together, whether it's like the the sort of Scottish-type folks or the, like you said, the, the dogs with the super intelligence or the, the, the guys that had the samurai robot and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so it seemed like they were all, you know, like, I, I guess, you know, to him, that's like a sort of because uh, i guess another thing that we haven't talked about too much is he he has like these sort of you know good angel devils on his shoulders but like not literally but like where you know he's kind of got these voices in his head because he's been you know alone for 50 years essentially like jack and and so like you know you, you can see like these sort of warped kind of frustrated and angry versions of jack where you know he'll 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 look like the original jack but he'll have these kind of like you know 
these these kind of fang teeth or whatever and it's like anytime he he you know it, 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 it to me it seemed like you know the kind of voice you have in your head where you know you you're uninhibited and you're like you know god damn it like why the fuck is this going on like i did all this good shit and now bad shit is happening and this is total fucking horse shit you know and it's like jack has that voice too that like everybody else has you know when he's dealing with some of the situations and scenarios and so like in in that sense like i guess all the people coming together you know is is somewhat of a catharsis for him you know because it it proves some of those voices you know those those fears and sort of concerns that 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 side of his personality has it sort of puts those to bed and puts them to rest yeah did you? I, I was like, did you like that whole like the sort of they like, kind of explored some kind of like PTSD with Jack or something where you know in the earlier episodes he's kind of, even sometimes later he has like instances where he kind of sees like either yeah the, the evil Jack or the you know the negative Jack and then he's got like the old tired Jack and yeah, like yeah, yeah like, I, I thought that was interesting like. I mean that that's something I think is is definitely that skews way more adult than the original show and it's not a matter of of like blood and guts or or Ashi getting naked for no reason you know like things like that it's not it's not that kind of adult but it's it's actually you know sort of conceptually more adult you know like like you 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 have to understand like he's dealing with you know ids and egos and super egos and 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 you know there there's damage to all those aspects of his, his psyche i liked those scenes and i liked i liked that whole vision quest he had to go on to like recover his like relocate his chill and like right, recover right. his sword basically I, ironically yeah. ironically i was making tea when when i watched that episode so it seemed to be all <laughs> it seemed to be all zen and stuff where you're like oh jack's jack's making tea and i'm making tea and we're, we're both gonna get our groove back you know i don't i don't know what my sword is but i i certainly would like to find it soon so you know what did you think of the ending i don't want to sound like a a, a asshole but like part of me thought it was obvious and part of it like breaks my brain like because i think that the moment i mean if, if we're going to go into spoilers here and and kind of discuss the ending it essentially as a daughter of Aku, Aku can control Ashi. Ashi becomes this sort of monstrous version of herself that has many of Aku's abilities. But of course, Jack tells her that she, you know, she, he loves her and, and, you know, basically keeps telling her to fight the, you know, the, the influence of Aku, of her father's blood and all this other stuff, right? And so she eventually does reject that and she uses her abilities to not only fend off a coup you know her father but she also can now even though there are no existing time portals for him to get home she can generate one of her own and then sends him back to the point of like you know even i knew this i'm like oh this is like the very first episode right like you know i i think even in the credits they they credit Mako as the past Aku because I think they still use some of the dialogue from that 
original sequence or whatever. So even I knew. I was like, oh yeah, this this is going all the way back to the first episode. So it's like when Aku transports Jack away in the very beginning of the show, immediately after that, you've got, you know, Jack from season five and Ashi showing up in a portal and they eventually destroy Aku with, you know, Jack's sword. But like I think right when that happened, I was kinda like, well, if you kill a coup, then doesn't that effectively wipe out Ashi? And then, and then, you know, the episode keeps going on, and and he's gonna get married to her, and they dress her up in the traditional Japanese dress, and he's all dressed up, and he's looking all kind of humble and excited, and 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 you know, kind of wondering how he got so lucky, you know, that kind of thing, like any you know husband expecting a beautiful bride, like that kind of stuff. And I'm kind of thinking to myself. Hmm, maybe they're just gonna ignore, you know, the time travel aspect of it. And then as she's like walking down the aisle, of course she falls over and then, you know, disappears. And so I'm thinking that, you know, it, it was like, I'm thinking to myself at first, like, oh, well, is this like a comedy where the comedy has, you know, it's like, it's like Shakespeare, you know, where it's like, oh, all the comedies end in weddings, you know, like, and I'm kind of like, oh, well, is this gonna be like a happy ending? And it's like, no, they pulled like a, a Moulin Rouge, Joss Whedon fast one on you, you know, and, and we're like, oh, we, we, we were trying to sell you on the idea that this was going to be a happy ending, but now, you know, we're actually going to enact that temporal mechanics that I, you were thinking of, like, 15 minutes ago, and now she's going to disappear. But then I'm, like, sitting there going, but if, I'm like, if she disappeared, how did he get back in the first place? Like, I was like, <laughs> You know, so I'm like, to me, I'm like, I'm like, it's best not to think about the time travel aspect of it, and maybe just focus on the the uh, emotional feels that they're trying to go for. I suppose. I, I it, ma- it made me think of uh, the ending of uh, Gurren Lagan, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, it's considering like the J- Samurai Jack's, like you know, kind of Japanese yeah. influenced yeah. and anime influenced. I was kind of like, oh yeah, you know, they're about to get married, and then. You're, you know, your wife, your soon-to-be wife, pops out of existence. Like, right, oops. Right. Like, yeah, but, but no, I mean, you know, it, it was kind of bittersweet, and yeah. I, I liked it though, like, because I don't know that last scene. Like, I liked that last scene because, like, I don't. It could like end on a depressing note, but I think like that last scene with like the ladybug and like you know the sun coming out, basically, like you know. It's obvious, like, uh, for a show that, like, relies heavily on visuals and, like, symbolism and stuff, like, you know, it's obvious, you know, you know, Jack's gonna be okay. Right, like, you know? right. And also, like, uh, another part of that is that the ladybug, like, it, there's a, like, Japanese myth, like, surrounding the ladybug that, like, when you see one or when one, like, lands near you, like, it means you will, like, find your true love or something. So maybe that's saying that Ashi will, you know, somehow come back one day or, you know, whatever you want to interpret it as. But Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. I mean, I, I don't know that I knew the thing about finding your true love, but I, I had always heard, you know, it, it was good fortune if a ladybug, you know, rests rests on you, you know, so to speak, you know, like that 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 meant something good was was to be in your future. So, I mean, just the fact that it ended that way to me was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be fine. 
did you like you mentioned him briefly but did you were you familiar with the scotsman like like i knew i knew i was supposed to be but like like i've been trying to explain to you like you know how you have like vague memories of who you remember and who you don't remember i mean i gotta be honest man it's been so long since i've seen the original show like I couldn't tell you whether something was a nod or whether it was made up or whatever. I mean, except for, you know, maybe a couple key things, like, where I was like, oh, yeah, this is clearly from the first episode. Like, you know, that they, they went back in time back to where they started. Like, that seemed pretty pretty obvious. But, like, some of the other stuff, I I just figured, I, I, I was thinking, well, some of these races you know might be new to the fifth season that are or, or civilizations or cultures or whatever right that that are helping jack but i was guessing like oh i bet you some of these are from you know from the actual show you know it's like in any show like when you know at the end they you know all these guys that goku has hooked up over the years whether it was you know the dudes from dragon ball or you know people in dragon ball z or whatever you know that you know it's like Ader and all these other guys they're all giving them spirit bomb energy at the end there you know so i figured it was it was something akin to that but maybe i just didn't have the the memory or or you know i like i said i haven't i haven't seen the show in so long so i i figured the samurai or i figured the uh scotsman was was a character from the original show but I, I was wondering, like, he, 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 was he supposed to be, like, more aged? Like, was he supposed to look as good? You know how, like, the ghost looked kind of better than him before he, like, died or whatever and just was a ghost? Like, <laughs> yeah. like is that, that how that's he, a, is Yeah, that, the ghost is what he looked like before, like before, in the original series. On the original series. series. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I figured, but I, I, I didn't know that for sure. Yeah, well, like, the Scotsman was, like, showed up in several episodes of the uh, original series, and he was kind of, like, he was kind of Jack's, like, rival, but also, like, kind of his buddy, so, like, you know, they, they, they had sort of a, like, in the initial episode where the Scotsman shows up, they kind of have, like, a sort of rival, and then they, like, it slowly segues into, like, a rival fusion thing where they have to team up and you know help each other and stuff and then there's like a later episode where he like the scotsman comes back and enlists jack to rescue his wife and like his wife looks like it, it, obviously you know he said tons of daughters and stuff but his wife looks kind of just like him basically like she's <laughs> this huge like scotswoman with weird teeth and like uh <laughs> she's like like just uh I, I she's impossible to deal with but it's like clearly like the scotsman adores her and and like he kind of ropes jack into rescuing her and stuff uh, but i mean like i i, I like seeing him again and i was i was actually kind of shocked that he like got killed like in the first like couple minutes of him like coming back or whatever but then like you know immediately the show being what it is uh, he comes back and you know he's like, "Are you a good?" His daughters are like, "You're a ghost now," and he's just like, "It's Celtic magic." Like, it's like, okay, like whatever, man. <laughs> I thought I thought that sequence where he was using like the the bagpipes to like fend off a who's like sort of pointy missile attack or whatever was pretty cool. So you know, there, there's, there's lots of craziness like that where you, you've got like a lone person against like a a sea of people even you know like that sequence when like ashi takes out like essentially like the freaking orc army or whatever you know like there's all this like crazy stuff that happens like you know that that's you know reminiscent of obviously you know 
the, the previous seasons of Samurai Jack or even some of the Gendy Tartakovsky kind of directed things where you've got like, you know, Mace Windu or, you know, Anakin Skywalker or Obi-Wan or whoever taking out these seas of, you know, battle droids or, or whatnot, you know, so it's, it, it, all that stuff is kind of, to, to me, it's, it's, it's a fun kind of entertaining thing, but, you know, it seemed, this, this seemed to have a lot more layers tacked onto it and, and, and a bit more meaning. Yeah, I mean, if, if there's one thing Gendy Tartakowski, Tartar, whatever, <laughs> you know me, I can never say his name. Well, the one thing he does awesome is like the scale of battles and stuff where, you know, there are countless bad guys and the one person is like mowing through them and stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad that you, you know, had mentioned this and that, that I sat down and watched it because I think it, I you know, it, it's funny, it's, it's. You know, I guess I guess a good question and maybe a good question to to go out on is like, is this is this one of those things? You know, you know how they always say, like, you can't go home again. Like, does this does this pass the you can't go home again test? Does it fail the you can't go home again test? Like, I mean, I, I would be willing to say it passes it. I mean, you know, yes. I mean, there's nothing you can do like, you know, Mako's long gone. So they had to get a different voice actor for a coup. But I mean, for the most part, the a lot of the original voice actors were involved. You know, the original creators and director and everything were involved. It seemed to resonate with the spirit of the original show, but also, like you're saying, accentuated that spirit and took it to a more, you know, adult level and not necessarily an adult and just a, you know, spawn on HBO, you know, boobs and tits and blood and cursing kind of way, but like a, an adult in kind of a, you know, theological and spiritual and intellectual level, you know, so, so I, I you know, I, I feel disingenuous because I'm like, I don't even remember the first four fucking seasons of Jack, but it lives up to those. But like, that's, that's kind of how I feel, you know, like I, I can barely remember the the first four you know the original show but i i feel like it's it definitely me you know it, it basically you know it, it's no x-men forever you know what i mean like it's it's no uh you know like like or, or whatever it was the claremont thing where it was supposed to be you know you know all these kind of continuations yeah. of 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 old stories where it's supposed to somehow rekindle and recapture the awesome that was going to happen back then but didn't and it's like in this case i feel like you know yeah this this was a this was a pretty respectable and 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 you know it it, it you know samurai jack can go home again you know what i mean like that's that's what i feel like you know the 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 way to go out on this uh on this uh you know sort of review slash you know talk back on samurai jack is yeah like, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I, I definitely, you know, I felt the nostalgia vibe, you know, the nostalgia feels, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, it was a decent, you know, it was a good conclusion to the series, I think. So, yeah, like, I I, I approve of it. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our talk on Samurai Jack for tonight. And, of course, we hope you've enjoyed listening to the entire episode. The 
you know, Voltron Legendary Defender and Samurai Jack combo that we had with the animated shows that we talked about tonight. And of course, the inserted fan holes figure that segment on some Marvel Legends wish lists. If you've got any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can send them at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Of course, we're on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can find all the backlog of our episodes there. We are on Stitcher Radio and you can stream us there. We're on iTunes. Of course, reviews and feedback are welcome. We are on all kinds of social media like Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and so on. And we appreciate all the likes and tweets and retweets and shares and all that good stuff that we get on there. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike. That guy looked like a talking penis. (laughs) See, like, that wouldn't have been on the old show. No, clearly not. Yeah. Gotta get back. Back to the past, Samurai Jack. Jack, 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 Jack. Gotta get back. Back to the past, Samurai Jack. Jack, 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 Jack. Gotta get back. Back to the past, Samurai Jack. Jack, Jack, Jack. Gotta get back. Back to the past, Samurai Jack. Gotta get back, back to the past, Samurai Jack. Jack, 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 Gotta get back, back to the past, Samurai Jack. Gotta get back, back to the past, Samurai Jack. Jack, 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 You know what I just realized? Damien and Lance both have a cow now. Yep. Fat cow and and Lance cow. Space cow. Cows are the new uh, dog. <laughs> I, I want a super combining robot made of five super strong cows. <laughs> Gonna have to wait for the revival of Cowboys of Moo Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Michael Bay's on it. He's he's grabbing every other property. <laughs> like Moo Explosions. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> call upon the five <laughs> cyber cows, cud, utter, cow pie, <laughs> uh, spotty, <laughs> and tipper, and t- tipper, tipper. <laughs> I was gonna say cowlick or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cowlick would be good. That'd be funny. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> by all powers combined, I am ground chuck. I don't know. <laughs> 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 <laughs>